Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 190. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in SideQuest Studios here as always, except when he's not his BT Callaway. Oh, uh, hi, hi. And once again, joining us is the Pauls from One Good Thing, Paul Salt. Paul! <laughs> and Paul Goodman. <laughs> wow, they're like Pokemon. <laughs> Jesus Gotta catch him Paul And th- yes this is the Simpsons Index This is a podcast where we watch and review Three episodes of the Simpsons at a time But there is a twist Each episode must come from a different decade Now once again thank you Pauls for joining us today It's a real pleasure uh, Yep fantastic It is because of what's coming Yeah. <laughs> yes, friendship that's true. is magic There's better times You've now got a fourth decade on this thing Yeah 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 to me Jesus Christ, and we got to sample that wonderful decade today. Yes, the first episode we reviewed was from the Disney era, which we're also oh. calling the 30s, or the Depression. <laughs> <laughs> so this was season 30, episode 23, Crystal Blue-Haired Persuasion. First mm. released in May of 2019, it was directed by Matthew Fawn, written by Megan Amram. In this episode, Mudge gets into selling crystals, and it works until it doesn't. Hey, all, what did you think? <laughs> Why did I get out of bed for this? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a Christ. timely episode. Yeah, I know. I have my usual complaints. <laughs> Overproduced to fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels really disjointed as if it was animated, voice acted, written, and scored by people in very different places. <laughs> Emotionally or <laughs> Emotionally, psychologically, at levels of achievement. Yeah, dimensionally. It's, yeah, dimensionally. <laughs> The voice acting is weird as fuck now. Somebody mm. help Julie Kavner. <laughs> Get her out. Yes. For Christ's yeah. sake, we've got to do this is elder abuse at this stage. Especially <laughs> when there's an episode that's focused on her. Like oh, I didn't realise how little of those there are in the HD and era. And that put her mother in. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, she doesn't whoa. sound anything yeah. like she used to anymore. Mine like, sounds no. like her. Why didn't she leave me the bowel obstruction that killed her? You know, and then into whatever yeah. this was. Oh like my if, god! If Marge sounds like a blender full of gravel, then like Mother <laughs> Bouvier sounds like you put that blender in another blender. <laughs> Will it blend? I, you gave it to Apex Twin. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly winced at some of mm. her lines. There was one like, oh, what yeah. was it? I think when she's setting up. That's it. When she's setting up her stall, and she says yep. there's something like, "There's no rules here in the forecourt" or something, and gestures over to Gil having his uh, thing smashed. That mm. line. Just sounded like she must have produced blood. Yeah, oh, Christ. No, it, it's depressing. That's not why oh. we call the thirties the depression. No, is that why? <laughs> yeah. For no other reason. <laughs> Speaking of regular complaints, is that classic New Simpsons thing of picking something ever so slightly out of date and giving their hot take? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fucking crystals, everyone. Gosh. Yeah, yeah take that tree of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've been mildly popular for thirty-eight years. So um, <laughs> here we go. New age medicine. Brand new. Whoa. Take that, <laughs> quacks. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so uninspired. It yeah. just feels so utterly pointless. Yep. What have we got? Yep. What have we got? Who's got yeah. something? I don't know, boss. Something about crystals? <laughs> so I guess the most notable thing about this episode is that, yeah, this was the first writing credit uh, on The Simpsons for Megan Amram, who I don't know if you guys know, but one of the big Twitter comedian personalities. Uh, she also was a big writer for The Good Place. Oh. And she also had that web series, uh, Megan Wants an Emmy or something, where 
it's just the bare minimum someone can do to win a web series Emmy, and it's one yeah. of the worst things I've ever fucking seen. For a while, we <laughs> said she was a big Twitter comedian. Like, oh, that's why she struggled this episode. She tried more than two hundred and fifty characters. <laughs> but I'm confused if she also worked on Good Place. That's yeah, Good Place is great. Yeah, and some of her penned episodes were some of my favorites. You know, she's a very competent writer. That yeah. But not always. I just, I just don't see how talent could thrive in this environment. <laughs> I mean, who's going to come yeah. and bring their new perspective to the fucking Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, there's a moment early on where Mr. Burns, someone throws something at him, I think, yep. and it bursts a steam pipe. And a wisp of steam comes out, and Mr. Burns climbs onto it. There's evil music, and he drifts back down to the ground. On the clouds, yeah. On mm. the cloud. And it's awful. I hate it. I hate it so much because yes. it feels like everything in that is what's wrong with The Simpsons now. Mm. It's a throwaway moment. The episode stops dead for it to happen. Yeah. And it just feels so weird. Like, who did the writers come up with that? Did the animators do it? Did the music guy throw in an <laughs> evil cue? And they were like, we've got to do something to match that. It doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the first minute, and it already sets the tone of, ah, well, fuck. (laughs) I've mentioned this before. I take real issue with things that happen outside of the usual Simpsons physics. Mm. Mm. And you have Homer in in the Simpsons movie when he snatches that treat from under the barbecue grill with, like, his tongue. It goes lizard-like. Oh, his lizard tongue. Yeah, it is just the complete opposite of what the Simpsons was. And when it does this, it just feels like... But it just reminds you of the fact that no one who was involved in it when it was great mm. is still involved with it. Mm. And yeah. they don't really understand what they're doing with it. They were given a rare gift and told not to break it, and they immediately fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the writing for The Simpsons as well, like, it's hard to pin it all on Megan Amaran because there's, like, a team yeah, of, like, yeah. 20 to 40 writers try on the that. show. Yeah, and who knows, yeah, try. <laughs> who knows what she handed in and what they then did with it, so... But, True. Yeah. you know, we watched the season 32 opener, which was written by a outside writer... But that was a script that he wrote then handed into The Simpsons versus this one, which was produced in... Ter- but anyway, the point is mm, that, mm. that season 32 opener was pretty good. Yeah. Like, oh. so, oh. so, like, fresh writers can bring something, but, yeah, I think when it's produced internally like this, it's still going to fall under the same traps. I've, yeah. just, mm. I've not seen any... Re- uh, you've invited us a few times to do this, and I do wonder if you pitched some particularly bad episodes <laughs> to us or if these really are representative of what the later seasons are. If anyone can find one good thing, it's you guys. Well, I have five, so I guess we'll get to them eventually. Oh, nice. But... I only had about two. Far <laughs> Four out. for me. But... Well, that's why they're good at this. But no, this episode I essentially picked at random because I haven't okay. seen most of season 30 at this stage. So anyway, let's right. look into it. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Man, there's a bit where Mr. Burns has cut all the funding for children's healthcare or whatever, and there's a bit where Marge first goes into the crystal store and is like, oh, I've got a new remedy for you, honey, and Bart's like, oh, opens his mouth for a pill, and she's like, no, no, it's not pills, it doesn't go in the mouth, and he's like, oh, okay, it's a suppository, bends over, drops his pants, and goes, fill her up, Mm. and I'm like, both you and I just went, ah. (laughs) <laughs> and just recoiled in terror at what had happened to the show. Fill her up. Yeah, fill up my butt with <laughs> oh, pills, God. mom. Is basically, and it's just like, what? Please stop. There was something hypnotic about the way he he continued to rock his butt back and forth. <laughs> you will fill her up. Yes. Um, was there also another butt joke with Jacqueline Bouvier and uh, the? Yeah, later on where she's got those I don't know eggs, egg, oh, gem yeah. eggs, and implies that she swallowed one, and the kiosk lady is pulling them out of her butt. 
And it's like, yeah. no, that's not the one I swallowed. Keep looking. Is this meant to be a comment on the Gwyneth Paltrow eggs? I don't fucking know. I, I did wonder because it's goop and plop, isn't it? So surely... <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, I was thinking that, yeah. That's what that is. Oh, again, how relevant. Goop's yeah. only been going on for about 10 years. <laughs> and people have been taking the piss out of it the entire time. So. Take that, Gwyneth. Yeah, hey, sir. Hey, smartphones, am I right? Oh, <laughs> 4G, what? I think they're making us less social. <laughs> Corporate tax cuts. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. That stood out, actually. That one stood out. So I'll take that as me. I'm just going to jump in with, with my turn. Thank you. <laughs> the corporate tax cuts thing. Mm-hmm. This is when I noticed that the camera, the camera, how, how just shoddy the direction is here because it's a static shot of Margin Homer. Homer's just standing there with his hands on his hips mm-hmm. and it feels like some shit sitcom. I don't know, the director is just that drinking bird from the earth. Because there's nothing. Like He comes into the room, mm-hmm. he says his thing, they have their oh, topical chat. And when the other character isn't speaking, they still take up the same amount of space in the frame. Yeah. And they're just standing there with that smug, smug look on their face. There wasn't a close-up on anybody's face. There wasn't anything employed to like, emphasize anything yeah. going on. It was just the bog-basic most yeah. fucking limp effort they could have made. Yeah, and like production-wise, it was another one of these super quiet episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, in addition to the visuals just being so static and boring, so was the sound design. And so oh, yeah. coming back to something you were saying, like some of the actors felt like they were recorded in different rooms entirely. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's definitely a disjointed sense that they're not riffing off of each other. Mm. To some extent, it feels like Julie Kavner is saying the line as is most comfortable for her to say. So there's no room for performance, really. There's no room for, like, good twists or good delivery. She's just getting it out in a way that might mean she has to speak to her family later on. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so depressed about Julie Kavner. Yeah, it hurts, man. (laughs) Well, because I did notice that too, and it sounded like... I mean, not that she fucked up any of her lines entirely, but just some of her dialogue was a bit muddy and unclear at times. Yeah. How about you, Salt? What stands out to you for better or worse? Okay, I have six. So, first of all, Werner Herzog, get the hell out of here. This is not a good use of your time. (laughs) One of the guest stars of this episode, Werner Herzog. Yeah. (laughs) Who then gives up and rolls into traffic. Yeah. 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 It's like the Family Guy David Lynch Christmas thing. It's just, it's too on the nose. It's like, yeah, we get it. Bleak. There's a lot more to Herzog than that, everyone. Was he Mm. playing Werner Herzog, though, or is he just playing a doctor? No, he's playing the doctor, I think, that he played the first time he was a guest star on Simpsons. Mm -hmm. They called him Walter Hottenhofer. Okay. Well, that made the existentialist stuff pointless because it's not Herzog saying it. It's a character. (laughs) But the audience knows it's Herzog. Or at least douchebags like me do. (laughs) From Um, an animation perspective, I appreciated when they did, like, the YouTube video, the bar, the timer bar was correct, but also it was correct. So you were like, oh, we're going to watch the whole video. Oh, we're just going to watch him list the symptoms and Bart acting them out. Yeah. Great. I hate that. That's such a hoary old routine. It's Mm. in everything. It's back in Airplane, but in Airplane, there's at least something to it because it's Mm. Leslie Nielsen delivering the line. I hate it. It's, um, and then it'll experience this symptom and the person experiences it and then this symptom and then it happens. And it's just, Mm. it's so old. 
Well, it's good that Werner Herzog gave Bart time to experience the symptom, you know, just gave a break in the YouTube video, he'll experience this. I'll pause so you can watch him do that. Mm -hmm. And he'll also (laughs) experience, yeah. It goes on long enough that it almost becomes funny, because it's not the rule of three. It goes Mm. on for about seven different symptoms, and so Mm. there's the moment where it cuts back and it's like random relocation or something like that. I thought, oh, Mm. maybe this is going to get funny again as it gets more abstract, but it didn't Mm -hmm. really. It ended... One after that, and it was just him acting like a dolphin, and it's like, ah, it's a... yep. Maggie looks weird in jeans. What's up with that? Have they aged her? <laughs> Maggie was in jeans. Yeah. I guess we just don't see her legs much. Yeah, yeah, have they moved time on a bit? Is Maggie meant to be a toddler now? No. Not really, but I mean, one bit of continuity I'll mention up the top is that, yeah, Ned Flanders is Bart's teacher. That did yeah. happen in the season 29 episode we reviewed, and I was like, hmm. oh, I can't believe they actually made this permanent. Yeah, that's a surprise. <laughs> Oh, the one, two, three gag sucks. <laughs> I hate, I hate yeah. that. That stood out to me. Yeah, congratulations, Ryder. You can do math. <laughs> yeah, I really thought Bart was being cute. I really thought mm. Bart was just saying, yeah. you know, maths is as easy as 60 plus 63. One, two, three. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, that's cute that Bart did that. But then mm-hmm. to reveal that Bart didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, and then and Lisa yeah. writes it down. So everyone in the audience gets math. Why did he say those two numbers? Why would anyone just say it's as easy as adding 60 and 63 if they weren't trying to... Yeah. Yeah. This this was the first thought I had when I woke up this morning. was just, oh, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Two last moments that stood out to me. First of all, in the bit where they throw the money in the air and then are twirling Mm -hmm. around as they kiss, why does the money look so weird? Yeah. It looks like computer animated or yeah. something. It's I it's noticed that as well. Very out of place. And then they do an extended fantasy sequence because they didn't have enough content for this week's episode. I wrote that down as well. It's so <laughs> surprising that yeah, for a fantasy sequence that it was so boring and barren. Oh, they put yeah. the space coyote. Remember the space coyote, Elliot? Oh, Remember that episode you like? Here. Do you we- remember that's a it? Disrespect to Johnny Cash. And musical moment from this episode, that music over that montage was Crystal Blue Persuasion by Tommy James. I did not know this song before this episode. Great. Uh, There's a title. (laughs) Tommy James and the Shondles. Shondles. (laughs) Shondles. That wasn't a word. (laughs) You made that up. Shondles. Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Oh my, yes. I think it's fairly wacky in an unfunny way. You know, Bart being a dolphin and, yeah. you know, opening his mouth like that. And also he ate a- another physics thing, which I guess ties in with the wackiness. Um, and is also really... Uh, <laughs> which pertains to wackiness. Yeah, it's pertaining to the issue of wackiness. You'll see in the preamble <laughs> I've um, noted my references. But also it's a really frustrating representation of ADD. Uh, he eats yeah. a fucking crystal. He eats a crystal. <laughs> Just... Mm, Helps you concentrate. I- I object. <laughs> yeah, it does help you concentrate. Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> On the abdominal pain. So, and to me, it feels like a good idea was pitched at some point, mm. you know, to talk about healthcare and ADD and stuff like that, but then mm. they just yeah. Simpsonsized it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Simpsonsized is a bad verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. The problem is, it's like that South Park episode, The Simpsons already did it, but mm. The Simpsons are still just doing it again and again. Yep. I yeah. can't help but think, because it's a Marge episode and it's a Marge business, of the Peter episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That episode was more about the women's relationships mm. and like the power struggles and you get wackiness there, but it's classic sort of surreal and just really smart, sharp, emotional stuff. Whereas this is just, hey, remember this? What about mm. this? And this? And yeah. this? Yeah. Do you remember this? What, what else have that, we got? That, that I think is 
the biggest problem with this episode is there's no conflict. Like Elliot was summarizing in the beginning, Marge yeah. gets into crystals and sells them, and it goes really well until it doesn't. And then they yeah. introduce yeah. this other character who also who's in Shelbyville selling crystals. So it's another city entirely. Yeah, what the and fuck? What like, does she care? Yeah, yeah. but for some <laughs> yeah. reason Marge is really aggressive. Like, oh, I'm going to set up shop in her turf. It's like, but you have an entire town to sell to, and you're doing well. Mm. She was a dick to me once. I'm not having that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the other guest star for this episode, Jenny Slate, playing Piper Paisley. That was ju- oh. God, don't mm. waste Jenny Slate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now well, I'm angry. There's a third. There's a third, right? Because the lady who sells her the store in the first place, I recognised as that woman off of. Um... <laughs> and the final guest star was Elena Douglas playing the New Age clerk. She did not get a name. <laughs> That's correct. What's the movie role that I knew her from? Somebody answer that. <laughs> like she's one of those actors that I recognised when I saw her. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Everyone stop talking while we figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I just realised that'll take a while. But uh, in terms of other you. wackiness, and speaking of uh, guest star Elena Douglas as well, she's in a cult that colours their whites of their eyes in with Sharpies. Yeah, that was <laughs> something. <laughs> this is, unfortunately, a reoccurring joke in The Simpsons mm. where they do eye horror. We have seen in the past people drawing in their own... Or whiting out their pupils. Whiting or... out their pupils or drawing in their eyes, especially mm. one time they drew in the veins of their eyes. Yeah. Great. Weird recurring thing. I hate it. I remember back in the old days, well, the beginning of the bad for me, Homer getting his head stuck in the pipe and then coming out and his eyes Mm -hmm. out. It's when he's stealing the fat. Yep. I love that episode. Later on, he's getting choked (laughs) and the eye pops out again. Ugh, for some reason, in the the teens started a trend of really kind of gross affecting violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always bothered me quite a bit, and it sounds like I don't know why they're leaning into the eyes. That's so weird and unpleasant. Well, like The Simpsons in the classic days was like mostly pretty static, but it was you know well written and well directed. And when they did use the animation space, it was yeah. used that little that it was to good effect. Now it's kind of overwhelming. It's overwrought, I think. It's not enough clear direction to the animators to not make it disgusting. The one that the one that always comes back to me is when I think Homer's been given a cake by his mother, but it's not the first it's not the classic time, it's the mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in the adventures of Pluto Nash, great. Um and he says, <laughs> Alright, I'll eat it but I don't have to digest it and then he tightens yeah. a belt around his diaphragm. That's so horrible. I sometimes <laughs> think of it and wince. It's just <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. And we reviewed that episode recently with Pods in the Key of Springfield. Well, I can subscribe. <laughs> it is weird when bad jokes give you, like, PTSD. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'll be thinking of Bart's filler up a bunch. <laughs> the other note of wackiness I had was, and again, classic Simpsons would do this, you know, have the fantasy thought bubble sequences, mm-hmm. and Bart's just like, oh boy, crystals, and thinks about how he could shoot them in the bully's eyes and make their heads explode. And yeah. What was this? Mm. I mean, because it's a dream sequence, it gets a bit of a pass, but... But also it wasn't funny. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, none of this is funny, Elliot. (laughs) What do you think this is, a comedy series? I feel like I had two things that made me laugh. Maybe? And you find what they were, though. (laughs) I got five. I had four things that made me go, huh. I got one more than you, prick. I win. I win the Simpsons Index. <laughs> and the winner of the Index for this episode is... I don't, know, I don't know why we set up those rules, but okay. <laughs> I love it. Brings out the worst in us. Oh, that was one of the places of the jokes that I like. He's like, when he throws the money on the bed and rolls in it. Oh, I've only done this before with Monopoly money and salami. I really yeah. liked that joke. But then, oh. of course, they're just overstepping it and mm. belaboring the point. Uh, Homer tries to retire and starts getting Abe's voice for some reason. Boo. 
Um, jeez. Mm. Oh, yeah. Does Homer throw Bart into a lion enclosure and then Marge saves him in, like, yeah, Bart's no recollection? Reason. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. other montage oh, sequence. I fucking hate with, that um, sequence. I'd always love my mama. I think it's by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, is this all flashbacks to things that we've never seen before, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just plucked out of nowhere. To, it, I Lisa, don't know if this was meant to have emotional heft Well, it was or meant not. to, because Lisa's all like, hey, how dare you, you know, lie to mom? She's been the one person that's always supported you. And Bart's like, oh, yeah, remember that time Homer threw me into yeah, your lion enclosure so I could be ripped limb from limb by lions? I really needed her ran, support uh, that day. And Marge ran yeah. in with a whip and a chair. Like, compare that remember? to something like the episode where... Ice- the, yeah, I was going to say the ice hockey one. Where exactly, the, um, exactly he's the just moment, yeah. Remembering when Lisa put a band-aid on his boo-boo. And yeah. that's yeah, it. Yeah, and Bart gave her a bit of his ice cream. And yeah. it's just, it's not a gag, it's sweet. It's about when Simpsons had actual emotional resonance and it wasn't just, yeah. we need Bart to feel bad about this for mm-hmm. plot yeah. so we can set up the next gags. What's something a mother would do for a child that they would always remember? <laughs> Being safe from wild animals, I feel like, really resonates. <laughs> Classic mom stuff. But then when you also needed more conflict or trust or time with Marge and Bart in the rest of the episode yeah. to set yeah. that up. There was no hint that that was coming. It was so forced. I feel like we're segueing naturally into the heart of this episode. Uh, but just before <laughs> we do, I'll Always Love My Mama was a song by The Intruders. Hmm. Ah. Weirdly threatening name for a song called I'll Always Love My Mama, but whatever. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to our show. We are The Intruders. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the emotional resonance of this episode? You know, we got this classic Marge starts a thing, you know, gets a bit of independence and starts making her own money and stuff but yeah it's not working out in the end what how do we think the emotions were in this episode they're bad again you just compare it to earlier episodes and i'm glad goodman that you raised the whole pretzel episode thing because the moment where marge looks like she's failing Mm. is actually really affecting remember she's at the kitchen table and it's just you just can't compete with the little guy and lisa just says something like oh mom no and she says, yeah, dinner's man. in the oven. If you want some butter, it's under my face. Which yeah, is a was, funny line, but also really yeah. sad that she gets really despondent. It's an actual mm, emotional yeah. moment. Yeah. And there's the line before that of aim low, aim so low, even if you succeed, no one will care. And it's like, ow. Yeah, that's, that's fucking brutal for a mother to say to her kids. Yeah. And it's like, that's a real moment. And the idea that this was actually secretly a Bart and Marge episode is so underplayed that when mm. Lisa is saying it's worse than that Bart, You've betrayed the one person who always entrusted in you. I genuinely thought, Flanders? <laughs> <laughs> He's the teacher you lied to. Are you? Is this going to be you and Flanders having a thing? Like, no hint. There was no hint that that's where this was going, this episode. There's a telling line where Mark gets found out by Lisa and she goes, you know, it, it would have taken no more effort to study and get the grades yourself. And I thought, yes, and it would have made such a better episode. Remember <laughs> Bart gets an F? Mm-hmm. Remember how how good that was? Oh, Remember yeah. when he had to strive for like struggle for something, and it was really nice. And you know, and that could have also played in with his relationship with his mum. But no, you know what? No. You know what irritated me about that is that I thought that she was preempting a note I was writing down when she said it would have been no more difficult. I order completed to have just whipped out the answers when Flanders was distracted by Milhouse's allergic reaction, rather than yeah. writing them into yeah. artwork in the classroom. And then. Yeah. Holding a crystal to the artwork. There's so many steps. If the plan involves distracting Flanders, I thought they were just going to say he could use the crystal from his desk as a magnifier. Mm, yeah. If you had to get Flanders out the room, why not just bring a book? <laughs> 
And it's such a convenient plot as well. Mm. And that's what sort of frustrates me about their inclusion of this Piper Paisley character at the end, because it feels like it's trying to distract you from the fact that they didn't think about an actual out for yeah. Bart's story and also Nelson and Luann's positive effects of the crystals. Yeah. Like, they didn't think of an actual out for any of those things. It was just, Look, it was working until it wasn't, They basically. barely thought of an yeah. in because there's no real conflict, even when Piper Paisley does show up. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to get really nitpicky here where she makes a joke when she comes in about being too Botoxed to mm. show negative yeah. emotions mm-hmm. but then once the joke's done she just goes straight ahead and starts emoting and you know like anyone would yeah. and if, if that was just one thing then that would really be you know me looking for something wrong with it but it just shows such an either it's complete lack of care or disconnect between the writers and animators mm. and it is indicative of New Simpsons as a whole I think it's just here's a throwaway joke Botox let's rag on people who get Botox and then fuck it, that's done. We can go on to other things and think about other things. Don't worry about it. That was a joke. It doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah, like we reviewed a new episode recently where Abe goes, I can't raise my left arm over my shoulder anymore, and then immediately proceeds to do exactly that. (laughs) It's because no one was talking to the animators. They didn't know what the fuck they were animating. They just had like weird instructions, and there's no sense that there was any form of continuity. Elena Douglas was in an episode of Seinfeld. That's why I know it. It just doesn't make any (laughs) sense. (laughs) Yeah, it sort of speaks volumes that we've moved on from the heart that quickly. But ultimately, did it feel like like an episode of The Simpsons. Are these are the characters we know and love. No. 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 It feels like an episode of The Simpsons, because yeah. unfortunately that's been tainted now yeah. um, forever. <laughs> yes, that's... this is exactly an episode of The Simpsons now. Yeah, I mean, again, we just have to compare it to old ones, but, you know, Bart lying to Marge has been played before for great emotional effect. Marge going into business has been done before to great yeah. emotional effect. Not even that. Yep. Marge bribes a cop in this episode, and mm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, mm. she doesn't even <laughs> seem to be conflicted about it. No, it's a gag. Everything is a gag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's just there for a gag. It doesn't matter if it even fits at all and that's why i'm saying it's lost its integrity because this doesn't feel it marge doesn't even question whether crystals work exactly she does sort of seem to have some doubt but but, like then she starts making money hand over fist so then she doesn't care yeah which doesn't feel like marge either and she's also just Mm. handing them out she's not actually researching what any of them are supposed to do it's just oh here's crystals they work Mm. i'm making money i'm marge Mm. Seeing as so few things mattered that, because I mean, even Lindsay Nagel comes in, and I do like her credit card says, Lindsay Nagel does everything. That yeah, was my like second note of laughing. That yeah. was one of my five things, so I'm down to yeah. four. Uh, <laughs> five good things. But yeah, it was just like, okay, is this going to be a thing? No. Oh. Okay. Yeah, what does she do? I, I was busy writing down that note. What, what does she then do it's subsequently? Just, it's just an explanation of how Marge is still getting stock after taking this woman's entire inventory when she joined a cult. Fuck, we needed that. Yeah, and they take that gag that should have just been one line of filter replacement for your dream catches, and then they just extend it so oh, far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I like the initial joke of the filter replacement for a dream catcher. That is funny. And then I forgot it was funny because it got rubbed in my face so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I see that three of my notes actually kind of pertain to this as an idea. One of them is um, fits into the thing that you were saying earlier about the idea of throwing out all character in favor of gags. Mm-hmm. And it's that Homer would use the phrase confederacy of dunces to refer to his group of friends. Uh, just that's to set not up the that book clumsy, we're reading. Uh, that's just who we are. And it's like, yeah, great. That's really contrived. You would say that. <laughs> you would exactly say that. Uh, the next thing uh, pertaining to that is just the sadness of the continuity of it all. The fact that this is 30 years old. It really hit me when Milhouse came on to um, Lisa or, or said some line yeah. of, you have a mm. boyfriend? Why didn't you tell me? And it's just like, 
My God, Millhouse, you've been pining after this girl for 30 years. <laughs> Take this I am so sad. <laughs> that was actually one of my good things. I actually, oh, I actually thought it was adorable Millhouse. Really? Uh, was, Lisa has a boyfriend and this is how I find out. I think it was just familiar. Oh, the staging me. of it all was mm. so bad. He like just appears from the other room and like yeah, there's no. I mean, they've yeah. been doing shit like that for a while, you know, for no reason. He has a poo, but um, <laughs> yeah, it just it felt so grim for me. And the other thing <laughs> is, was Elbato ever a reference to something? Because the whole Simpsons was meant to be a parody of things like the Waltons and the fucking mm. the Cosby Show. Like, was Elbato ever a commentary on something or like a riff on something? It's so old now, it's just completely mm. forgotten. And it's just continued arbitrarily out of a self-propelling cycle mm. of just pouring the same shit in. Yeah, I thought the joke with it was always that it was such a bad nom de yeah. plume that like... The, the, the town never figured it, it so out. Like, Who is him? this mysterious vandal? Yeah. yeah. Because I remember reading, I remember Alberto featured prominently in a um, Simpsons comic book I read when I was a very small kid. I think it was the Bartman collected graphic novel of um, Bartman related stories, yeah. and there was an Alberto thing in there. And it just made me sad that this has been going since I was a kid. Well, yeah, I know what you mean, because when Bart <laughs> scribbles Elbato on the glass of the shop with a crystal, I'm like, this is meant to be a mystery, and you're just doing it in front of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's all for jokes. Burn it hey, all. It's for jokes. Yeah. Do you remember Elbato? Remember that? <laughs> remember <laughs> Space Coyote? Well, here's the Space Coyote <laughs> no. eating a Roadrunner. Remember Roadrunner? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You don't? Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we like to think that we could salvage most of these things, so let's explore that. Goodman, we'll start with you. What would you like to change about this episode? Um, <laughs> Jesus. So everything that we've spoken about until now <laughs> Do that differently. Would, be, would be great. Yeah, if all of that could be the opposite. <laughs> it, it just needs consistency and sympathetic characters and arcs that make sense. And it needs to remember mm. why it's doing it. And um, Or just the thing that Paul says every single time we do this, which is just to stop, just to cancel itself <laughs> and go yeah, away. Be the last episode. I think that mm. would really redeem quite a lot of it. <laughs> We're still waiting to hear if 32 is going to be the last season. We're mm. like six months away from... The end of 32, when we're not quite sure if 33 is happening yet. It is in production, but they haven't really? actually greenlit Come it yet. On. Trump's Come leaving. On. Just, just <laughs> make it the year. Come on, make 2021 the year when we just fucking let go of all our baggage. Our flabby old, unusually yellow baggage. <laughs> uh, how about you, Salt? What would you like to change about this episode? I was going to say end it 30 years ago, yep. 20 years ago. So we don't have to destroy all of The Simpsons just <laughs> the last 24 years. True fans only like seasons one and two. <laughs> this is so hard. It's like starting from scratch. It's The heart is all borrowed from better episodes. The comedy isn't funny. Maybe mm. I'd forgive it if it had the exact same plot structure if the gags were good. Maybe I'd get on board with it. But, oh, it's so hard. Okay, you want to fix this. Um yeah, make it funny. <laughs> make, <laughs> make it with the laugh. Make it funny. Make it less produced. Yeah. Take out like almost all of the music. Like, there's so much music going on, and it just. But it's not like a score. It's just those on the nose music choices, mm. and there's yeah. no real score to this episode. No, it's yeah. just I hate music and comedy and the relation to each other. It so yeah. rarely works. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! Uh, someone getting hit in the butt while a timpani plays. Boom! <laughs> that's some fucking good shit. That, right that's there. classic. Mm. <laughs> That's more Foley. <laughs> yeah, true. That's in league with a <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Trombones and timpanies. 
New podcast. <laughs> BT, what would you like to change about this one? Two main notes. One is to just keep that Marge Bart conflict and get that in way earlier and make it, you know, yeah. be about whether or not you tell her and yada yada and have that in yeah, there. Make it so that thing. drives the heart at least. Or even there's something to be mined from the idea of because you've got kind of two people who love crystals, you're kind of old school hippies and you're kind of new age yoga moms and stuff like that. So maybe have that as a thing because you've got this Jenny Slate character who is wasted, uh, who comes in and doesn't have a conflict at all. So maybe hmm. make it a bit more of a, you know, she's this young, hip version of people who care about crystals and Marge is more your homeopathic version. I don't know, but it's an idea. It's conflict. It's yeah, you something. Got, you got so, something there. Sort of old age, old new age hippies. Yeah. Versus <laughs> new, new age. Versus, versus new kind of Instagram generation Yeah, goop. exactly. The goop Yeah, there's something there. Well, yeah, because uh, what I was going to say, cut Piper Paisley and figure out an actual out and maybe give us a little yeah. bit more of Luann and Nelson's mum like coming to Marge for advice as well, which is just hopelessly underqualified for. And she's just yeah. sort of doing her Marge best intention sort of stuff, which is, you I know. I love it. I love it when Marge is really rubbish at giving advice. Remember <laughs> yeah. the whole um, Bart when listen, he lady. saw the murder? Well, the listen lady, but also when yeah. <laughs> Bart comes to her to ask advice about um, lying <laughs> to right. um, about having seen the murder or the, mm. the not murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your uncle used to have a saying, shoot them all and let God sort them out. <laughs> Unfortunately, he put his theory into practice one day. It took 30 yard marshals to bring him down. Let's never talk about him again. <laughs> That's so good because she means well, but she's so useless in that moment. <laughs> I, I love that. One of my favorite Marge moments. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, you know, Marge is sort of this character that is more traditional, almost mm. conservative in mm. that way, but it's mostly yeah. because yeah. tradition and stuff has worked for her. And, you know, it's why she has so, a bit of a weirder relationship with Lisa because Lisa's, you know, got all yeah. these crazy, weird new <laughs> ideas and stuff. And, Boys, you know, Lisa. Girls kiss boys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I, one of the very early episodes, it might even be season one, it's Lisa being sad. Yeah, and Marge yeah. trying to get her to fake being happy and then deciding, you know what, no, maybe that worked for me, but for you, if you want to be sad, be sad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's such mm. a great cross-generational bit of communication oh, yeah. there. That broke hearts yeah. when we did that episode. Yeah, and this sort of stuff is ripe for being able to challenge Marge's sort of beliefs in that sort of thing, but yeah, this episode just hopelessly doesn't. All right, and now it's time for everyone's final notes. Oh, wow, we haven't done okay. a theme song for so long as... Now it's time, and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. Yay! <laughs> uh, Goodman, we'll start with you. What are your final notes? So they're just things that like almost made me laugh. <laughs> and then on reflection, I wonder if they should have. Um, it might have just been like islands, like oases in this horrible arid desert. <laughs> but when they're talking about Mr. Burns takes child health care out of mm -hmm. their insurance plans, and mm. later on Homer says, I have three kids and they all have health. Yep. <laughs> it's not classic Homer but there's just something about it and the bluntness with which it was delivered that just stirred something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You recounting it made me smile, and I think that's evidence oh. that there's a joke in there yeah. beneath yeah. the delivery. <laughs> it was unexpected. Mm. This is only, only got one more, and it's probably the worst one, actually, but um, here we go. It's <laughs> when Gil's kiosk is broken mm. and Otto's living in there, and he goes, oh, you've been living in my kiosk all this time? And Otto says, if you call that living. Again, it's not a very... Otto line, mm. but it was snappy at least. <laughs> yeah, but it's this new Simpsons is a sketch show now. All right, yep. here's Gil. Let's do a pathetic Gil thing. Yeah. And yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Do you remember Gil, everyone? <laughs> Catchphrase comedy. How about you, Salt? What's your final notes? All right, I got three left. Three jokes that I quite liked. Again, no laugh out louds, but I can acknowledge that that is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a joke. That is joke. Ha 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 ha. 
Um, <laughs> I like the fact that Bart fucking staples his test to the fridge. Yeah. Mm. That's quite good. Or a nice satisfactory clunk. He just staples his test onto and, the metal fridge. And relatively understated as well, mm. which is unusual yes. for a new Simpsons joke. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if at the end of the scene, like, the staple would fly out and, like, neon would spray everywhere and they'd yeah. all start swinging about the place and getting goofy. And it's like, yeah. But they didn't. And I appreciate <laughs> that. Mm. And my final one at the very end of the episode after Marge rescues the woman. What was she called? The um... oh, She didn't have a name. She didn't have a name, yeah. The yeah. crystal vendor. She says, I thought you were just getting massages. And she says, those were good. And it's, yeah, <laughs> that's amusing. Yeah. Yeah, and then the episode ends with blow up the bridge. And then you hear blow up sound and a slight smile on the cult leader. And it's like, oh, did Marge just yeah. die? Yeah, yeah l- let me say this. For 20 minutes that really dragged by and felt like twice that, the ending hit me like a slap in the face. Like, oh! <laughs> yeah. There's okay. machine gun fire and, yeah, daring escapes. <laughs> no, but the ending just happened. I yeah. was like, oh, that was a yeah. joke good enough to end on. Okay. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, how about you, BT? <laughs> the crystal store is called FAO Quartz. I thought that was okay. <laughs> it's a reference to FAO Schwartz, which is the name of a toy store. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Some of the books in the background are How to Pronounce Feng Shui and Everybody Goops. So again, sign writing here is not bad. Um, I do like when Lisa's all, oh, the one person who still believes in you, and Bart's like, oh, the dog believes in me, and the dog's in the background just shakes his head. <laughs> that got a chuckle out of me. And that is all my notes. Elliot, back to you. And speaking of dogs, the opening, yeah, with Mr. Burns going, God bless USA, and release the hounds, and the hounds are wearing USA hats. Yeah, just... Why? <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't tied to anything. Like, if it was 4th of July or something, sure, but no. One of the lines I did like was, uh, Namaste, out of my business. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, just a weird thing at the end. Like, the TV's on the floor. Like, mm. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, wasn't that odd? That was odd. Why is it on the floor? Like, maybe the old Simpsons set? No, the old Simpsons set used to be on a unit. Why is the TV on the floor? Okay, cool. It wasn't just me. Because, yeah, the Simpsons have since gotten a widescreen TV. Mm-hmm. I felt like they've at yeah. least had a unit, even though, yeah, TVs aren't sort of freestanding anymore. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Was the old unit freestanding? I think it was, wasn't it? Well, because, yeah, it was one of those big old TV units that had, yeah, the yeah, tiny yeah. little yeah. legs. It was usually had tiny little yeah. legs on the floor. It did occasionally have a unit, depending on what the scene needed, I think. <laughs> oh, if, yeah, if Homer needs to put in the Mr. Sparkle VHS, then there would be a unit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like Springfield suddenly having an airport or then <laughs> the car park to the nuclear plant being right next to their garden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, it is time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was... (laughs) You don't need to explain the others. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's the case. I'll go... No, no. The the next (laughs) one up, if it was just meh, participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Look, I'm failing this one. Technically, I think this is typically an episode that I probably would give a participant to because the story at least flows and moves and doesn't feel like it's all over the place like a lot of bad episodes, but it just doesn't live up to any sense of potential and it was so boring Mm. and dour and depressing to watch. It was just, Mm. it was so unpleasant. How about you, Paul Goodman? Oh, it's a big fat fail for me. It is barren. It has nothing, nothing. (laughs) Just, I don't ever want to see this again. I don't want to think about it again. It's... (laughs) Just exhibit A for why The Simpsons should not <laughs> be going still. I've just realised I forgot to ask, would you guys watch this one again? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a big fat failure from Paul Goodman. How about you, Paul Salt? 
cubic no i'm just fucking with you no it's a, yeah it's a fail i, I felt very annoyed during <laughs> i actually I, did, I haven't mentioned so far actually i watched it with my family oh really yeah and we just watched it in stony silence my family loves the simpsons we have one through se- uh, sorry we have three through seven on dvd and we watched them fairly regularly but we got nothing nothing out of it and mm-hmm. i actually i set it up for them saying okay look the best way to do this because they haven't watched it since like mm. since the teens mm. i said um Look, the best way to think of this, the healthiest way to think of this, is it's like a really bland American sitcom that just, by weird coincidence, everybody looks like Simpsons characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I am so sorry that I bogarted your family's entertainment that evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'd have done something worse if not. Yeah, I, I do find the uh, the idea of like the Salt family gathering around a TV for either this or the One Good Thing movies oddly charming. <laughs> Yeah, it was a real, it was, God, was it a step up from a Christmas te- wedding tale? Whatever the fuck. Having mm. listened to that episode, I feel like it might have been. <laughs> shorter, at least. It was shorter. <laughs> uh, how about you, BT? What would you like to give it? This is one of those ones where I feel like I'm A, going to forget it, and B, have so little to care about that I'm steered away from failure, just because I usually reserve those ones that I aggressively hate. And it's one of those rare instances where I would mean participant to be more insulting, because mm. it's so bland, I don't even hate it. This one is just... It's numb, and it makes me numb by watching it because it just doesn't mm. try and it doesn't care, and there's so little mm. there. So I'm I am gonna fail just because yeah. that's the way our ranking system works. One if, of you, us. if I could like One participant asterisks, <laughs> participant and meaning like actually worse because there's so little to it, I would, but we don't have that, so fail. You need another ranking yeah. of neither agree nor disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a ranking of just NA. <laughs> like the face when it's ranked by faces the one is just like a line to represent the mouth <laughs> <laughs> all right well that means with four failures we are giving this a unanimous failure this episode is Woo! getting the index, index finger. finger it will be so far the fourth episode from season 30 that we've given a unanimous failure it'll be joining bart's not dead where bart does a mm. christian movie based on how he came back to life and it stars gal gadot oh fuck oh, god <laughs> i thought that was some sort of riff on Paul's dead, you know, from the Beatles. No, it's a no. God is not dead God's not riff. Dead. Yeah, yeah. Cameron. I'm yeah. kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> also, it'll be joining Tis the 30th season, which is a really half hearted Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. And I want you brackets she's so heavy where homer carries marge up the stairs and then breaks his back and then they're talking about how marge is fat for the most of the episode no that's barely even the touch point like marge strains her ankle and then homer has a hernia and marge finds exercising therapeutic and you need to join me in exercise homer and homer's like i have a fucking hernia that's not what you do (laughs) Mm. Mm. yeah fuck that was terrible all right and before we move on is that reputation justified is that reputation justified Old mate Dennis Perkins from the AV Club. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins, what did he do? B minus. Fucking hell, Dennis! So this what? is pretty well, like, if we're translating from our scale, this is pretty well the AV Club's bronze. And he Dennis. says, Crystal blue-haired persuasion left me feeling tired. Not because it's a bad episode necessarily, it's above average. As far as the season 30th episode of The Simpsons goes, the overall feeling left after the 30th Simpsons season finale is more one of rueful resignation that, for all of the show's pedigree, its occasional flashes of former Dennis. glory, and the ever-hopeful optimism of the lifelong fan, the long-awaited Simpsons renaissance is just never going to come. Dennis. Dennis. Isn't that Dennis. every episode you review now? What is the point in reviewing individual Simpsons episodes? <laughs> can, we, can we contact Dennis? 
Because he's Sorry, like, guys. to be entirely fair, he is kind of right. About that a minute. <laughs> he is kind of right in the sense that this is more a better episode of season thirty. That doesn't make it like brought B positive B plus worthy. Mm. It made yeah. you tired, Dennis. That's not a good would, thing. You can't just I lower would, the bar on a whole season. Yeah. yeah. You, like imagine if they'd have done that for Dexter or Thrones. Well, exactly. Based on a season eight episode of Game of Thrones, this was fantastic. It's like no, that's not a scale you should work on. You should have yeah. something a bit better than that. I just like to walk back my earlier comment and say there's a, a great deal of merit in reviewing individual episodes of The Simpsons and everyone should appreciate those who do. <laughs> Depends if you have an angle in a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's like asking, oh, how did your date go the other day, Dennis? Oh, she stole my dog and shot me in the leg, but hey, didn't burn my house down. B+. Mm. Plus. <laughs> Better than Sandra. <laughs> yeah. Of all the people I met in the militia, she's definitely one of the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people who have stubbed a cigarette out in my eye, she's probably the nicest. <laughs> God damn. Wasn't the worst they didn't have to colour our eyes in with Sharpies. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move on to the next episode, which at the time of recording, I haven't decided what it is yet. So, Ooh. mystery. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. We'll be back. <laughs> no plan. Chaos. And we are back, and we just watched a HD era episode. This was season 22, episode 3, Money, but. Sorry, I said it like that because it's capitalised. Yeah, no, it's fair. First released in October of 2010, it was directed by Nancy Cruz, written by Tim Long. In this episode, Lisa becomes the new coach of Bart's baseball team. And well, well. yeah, stuff <laughs> happens. Guys, what do we think? <laughs> it's okay. It's an improvement. Yeah, I guess. I've been punched three times in the face instead of <laughs> ten times in the face. <laughs> yeah, my experience was altogether... I watched it with my family again because fuck those guys. And um, uh, it was very much a case the first time we came away angry, the second time we just came away having not laughed for 20 minutes. Interesting. Oh, there are a couple of things that tickled me in this. There are I some think... tickles, there are some, you know, chucks, wet wipes. There were some jokes I liked, and when they happened, I dutifully wrote them down and then continued to watch the show. I think I had more laughs in the last episode, the one Whoa. that annoyed me more. Yep, this one did wow. not make me laugh at all. I felt Ooh. dead inside at the end of it. It was less bad, <laughs> that's for sure, but it was not a funny episode. Um, there comes Paul with the curveball. <laughs> <laughs> I know baseball. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you to our American representative, BT, for handling the sports ball references today. I'm not doing this by choice. It just keeps happening. <laughs> Say anything in this kind of accent. Baseball. <laughs> Baseball. baseball. We did watch the Babe yeah. Ruth story, so we are very fully prepared to discuss baseball. <laughs> and no children was miraculously healed by curveballs in this, which uh, my home runs. So, and the episode really did suffer from that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys did some sort of research because I'm also guessing that none of us are actually that into baseball. The sport. No. Baseball. It's an American <laughs> pastime. Okay, so we're a fan of baseball commentators, it seems. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was, I was, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I was a fan of this commentator. Like, most of my laughs came from things he said. <laughs> yeah, I liked him at the end. like, yeah, back to my summer job of breaking into people's houses. Yeah, follow home robberies. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then um, triumph of number crunching over the human spirit, and it's about time. Yeah, and there was one about um, Kronos um, hungering for his yeah. children. I know. Classic <laughs> myth then... references. Speaking of Homer, Bart's parents' name, that's right, is not on my fact sheet. That's exactly the one I was about. You guessed it. Not on my fact sheet. That's Yeah, that's really funny. So that's three of my gags I liked. <laughs> they all it's came so... from one character. Well, something I asked in the group chat as well, had any of you seen Moneyball before this episode? 
Yeah. I have, and I quite liked it. Did this episode have anything to do with that? Yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's the Jonah Hill character to um, mm. yeah. Bart's Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, Lisa's, she's got the book Moneyball when she takes yeah. all those books from the nerds. Which is very mm. on the nose. I mean, we, we yeah, saw the title. We know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, I get, yeah, I get it. I do get it. <laughs> oh, okay, because, yeah, usually, and especially in the HD era, the titles referencing movies or other works are, like, in title alone. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. This oh, was yeah, just no. that satirized massive movie Moneyball because everyone will <laughs> always remember this. Although weirdly, I have seen several references to it in the past year, so I don't know if it's <laughs> maybe it's really kind of go hard on its um, centen- um not centennial, decennial. <laughs> it seems to come around in cycles like that. Like it yeah. felt like two years ago, everyone was obsessed with Space Jam. So apparently, yeah, yeah Moneyball <laughs> is just this era of Space Jam. <laughs> I mean, they have so many similarities. <laughs> it could have done with more monsters for my like. Tad says lemony fresh in both of them. Uh, it's a bit more contrived in one than the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll let you figure out at home. Just imagine Jonah Hill going, lemony fresh. I can't do a Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not like a... Oh, fuck, I can't even remember his name. The cowboy mm. from The Big Lebowski. It's not like him. It's not oh, a recognisable yeah. voice, is it? Oh, fuck, and now you've pushed his name out of my head. Sam Elliott. Sam, Elliot. Sam Elliott. Elliot. Thank it. you. Elliott knows all famous Elliots. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's, he's proven this. Mm. And I'll defeat them all. Yep. He also knows which one spells it correctly. And, uh... Yeah, Sam Elliott does not. <laughs> oh, Double T, motherfucker. Yeah, but you tell him. You tell this him. Elliot on Elliot violence must end. <laughs> You want to tell me how to spell my name? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you do a Sam Elliott. <laughs> you just grow a mustache like I did in the last four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but just to get my one Jonah Hill fact out of the way, uh-huh. according to the history of swearing, he is the Hollywood actor with the most on-screen fucks. Yes. Really? Oh, really? Yes, no. I saw this as well. Um, yeah. It was very surprising, but I feel like he's representing me. Uh, <laughs> the non-stylized guys out there. If you're, if you're in enough um, sex comedies and Scorsese films, then uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Judd Apatow and Scorsese, the yeah. two yeah. big fucks, <laughs> two big fucks in the industry. Two fuckers yeah. just needs a Quentin Tarantino film, and yeah, yeah he's set. <laughs> All right, well, let's hook into the questionnaire. Salt, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, hmm. what's a moment that stands out to you? Uh, it will be for worse. You'll be surprised to hear there were only two <laughs> moments in this that felt overproduced in that way that I fucking mm-hmm. hate in Modern Simpsons, which is to say that the animation is overly elaborate, the music kicks in, and it's like, I don't know, anything that might get you invested in the comedy goes. And it is the fight, the the fencing match against Maggie, Mm. which weirdly comes in with heroic Errol Flynn-style music for like two seconds and then drops out and then the rest of it plays to silence, which is very weird (laughs) and awkward. And then the other moment was Bart's home run showboating, (gasps) you know, home run that he does. uh. Two seconds yeah. of music is all they could get from the Apple preview <laughs> before they had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> They're really running this on a budget now. They spent most of the money on that fucking couch gag. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. So the Banksy couch gag. Now, yeah, yeah mm. me and Beach were talking, like, we can't remember if they've reused this. Like, I feel like we've talked about this before. I know we've talked about it. I don't yeah. know if it's been on an episode or we've just discussed it, but mm. it's a weird one to reuse. It's like, haha, look how much misery making The Simpsons is causing the third world. It's like, oh, mm. huh? yeah. Yeah, it's like taking the piss, right? Like, huh, wouldn't it be crazy if it was this bad? And it's like, well, it's probably not that bad. I'm sure it's bad, though, based on things I've heard. So maybe you shouldn't be yeah, fucking... I'm sure you're not taping boxes closed with a dolphin head, but still. Yeah. Well, Banksy's going to be, you know, he's going to make a statement when he's doing it. Yeah. So that's one thing. That's fine. But then when you give it to the Simpsons as your idea and they go, yeah, let's run with it. 
it just feels like it's Tony Blair on The Simpsons again. Yeah. yeah. It feels like when, and obviously Fox didn't step in to cancel it. So it's well, like, yeah. it's like industry and, and the man kind of going, yes, we approve of this message. So it kind of just felt a little facetious, I think. Yeah. yeah. In the end, it didn't hit me like it should have done. Yeah. So yeah, for those who are wondering like how Banksy, like how he did this couch gag, basically he just, he storyboarded it. And so he like drew all the jokes. So yeah, right. yeah, he was the one responsible for putting the cats in the grinder that would then make the Bart Simpson doll stuffing and right. banging the DVD on the unicorn horn to yep. make the holes. Yeah. I did like that joke. Oh, that one's fine. Mm. It's not that the sequence is bad. It's just peculiar in the sense that yeah, isn't this supposed to be a commentary on how miserable mm. you know corporations treat other countries? And it's like haha, played for laughs. Like it feels like the yeah, Simpsons that- didn't get Banksy's bit on them. Yeah. Yeah, yes. It, it's very, are you ready to fucking laugh, guys? Are you ready to enjoy this comedy show? <laughs> it felt like they were Let's letting themselves it. off the hook by making a gag of it. Mm. You yeah. Know, yeah. 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 But the Simpsons staff really mm. fought for this as well. Like, yeah, they went up against Fox and their American mm. animation film Roman and also Nelson Shim from ACOM, who's their Korean animation department, was quoted as saying that he felt the couch gag was excessive and offensive and they did say <laughs> no way on a few jokes so there were some things that vetoed like and it does surprise me mm. the things that made it through but i feel like and, golden age poked fun at it in a way that was much more subtle mm. anywho um, we should probably get back to money but speaking of unsubtle <laughs> and overproduced mm. um, what stood out to you yeah. from this episode for better or worse first off the maggie fighting lisa felt very family guy one of those things that just heralds the change and you know, mm. you know you're not watching proper simpsons anymore i don't know like, i liked that bit but i do agree that it was a bit over long it was just a bit too whack all of a sudden i will pay the joke at the end where the fight is over maggie turns and just immediately does a classic fall down two steps yeah. thing yeah i, I even like n- that she was able to carve in the m with a cardboard tube I thought that was a decent joke. It's just not mm. stuff that she would have done in golden age simpsons yeah it's just I know. <laughs> But then, yeah, Bart showboating just completely ruined the moment for me. Like the victory of passion over math. Mm. You didn't need that. And it distracts from the actual, the point of the thing. And I do hate how much time they focused on it. But I also have more, uh, more overproduced moments. So I'm just going to go on with those as things that stood out for me. The fucking joke where the the Tootsie Pop brother-sister chat. Do you know the one I mean? Mm, Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps cutting from Lisa to Bart. Like, bam, 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 bam. Line, 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 line. Just made me feel fucking sick. It was so horribly paced and not funny. You know, if if the jokes would have been funny and not smarmy, which again is my an issue I've had with a couple of these episodes, is just that that self-satisfied look that the characters mm. have when they're telling their jokes you know when they're, they're like half-lidded and smiling mm. it's that all the way through and i just want it to stop i just <laughs> want it to fucking stop and and just have like a joke that comes off of a character moment or something that feels natural but again it's this and it's the vodka mayonnaise joke oh man i love that joke oh no <laughs> like, it's, it's just it's just contrived <laughs> Yeah, it's contrived in its setup, but man, the payoff of just the shaking and the immediate fall down, ah, uh, that's some tasty yeah. vodka mayo. <laughs> I, I guess like the reaction and the noise he makes, that horrible whimpering, squirming noise mm. he makes when he drops out of shot is pretty funny, but it kind of, I don't know if it's just three, four years of OGT doing this to me, but the setup really just floors me and then i'm too dead inside to laugh at the payoff <laughs> i just hate like so much of how they go about things in this episode <laughs> and it just ruined me 
Yeah, well, the Bart Lisa argument, that was a curious moment for me because it's a part of the storytelling that I didn't like in an episode where I otherwise thought the storytelling was okay. Like, mm. it's set up that Lisa's already coaching the team and the team's having a good time, but mm-hmm. Bart shows up and they're all of a sudden against her. It didn't really make sense. I like fundamentally what it is, you know, Bart being this emotional, passionate baseball player and Lisa mm, who yeah. wants, who's doing it from the science and the math side. And yeah. she's also doing it because she needs an extracurricular activity. Same reason as hockey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it floundered a bit because it didn't ever refer back to the reason she was doing it in the first place. Yeah. But it was it was good that they had these two reasons. And at the times I felt like the, the show was connecting with me on that. But it mm. did kind of forget that a bit in favour of jokes. Yes. Mm. I did like the focus of this one. I liked the fact that it was yeah. one story, no beeline. And yeah. it was just Bart and Lisa both get into baseball for different reasons. And this through line of instinct versus um, brains was an interesting thing as it plays into the classic conflict between Bart and Lisa. But yeah, mm. I could have done with it. It's going to be a very frustrating one to review here because my main conclusion is just going to be, I wish it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of, I don't have yeah. a pithy kind of, um, oh, structurally, this is what's wrong with it. It's like, no, it's fine for the most part. There were little tiny bits. Like, why was Bart a commentator for a scene and he yeah. never even said anything about the game in that scene? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was so he could look sad. There's no other way of looking sad. Yeah. I just wish someone who put some jokes in my comedy. <laughs> yeah, have him commentate, but like do like really shitty underhand commentary on this game that he um mm-hmm. that his sister is running. Well, that yeah. was going to be uh, my one note is that yeah, Bart's in the commentary booth. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're going to do. He's going to be up there bad mouthing Lisa even when she's yeah. winning and be like, oh, it's just a numbers game to her. It doesn't really care about the passion mm. of you know blah blah blah. But he gets one line. He must have come in for commentary for the last inning for some reason. Yeah, and then they win. <laughs> And it's over and he's like ah oh, i'm sad now oh, okay we're not doing this yeah. yeah uh but seeing as that was taken i will switch to uh <laughs> just a line i really liked which was um when marge or homer one of the parentals i can't remember which one parents all look the same to you don't they <laughs> yeah anyone over 30 just blends together um is all like well you can always go to this school the harvard of canada and Lisa just goes the something of something isn't the anything of anything mm. yeah i like, I that. like that yeah that's, that's a good. line that stuck with me over mm-hmm. the years yeah and yeah, what stood out to me in this one as well is, yeah, the guest star of this episode, Mike Sosha. He's returning from Homer at the Bat season mm-hmm. three. Uh, what did we think of his performance, guys? I did really like the line of, hey, didn't you get radiation poisoning in the nuclear plant? Yeah, and it gave me super managing powers. And also yeah. I demagnetized credit cards. Yeah. Super management powers was good. I was frustrated to be reminded of what is honestly one of my favorite episodes oh, of yeah. The Simpsons is Homer at the Bat. Homer it's Bat fucking so sublime. Yeah. Incredible oh, episode. So good. I found his intervention completely contrived and heartless, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, really? I, it was just, we're in a theme park now, and here's this guy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep, fair. It, I mean, what even is his advice that gets Bart to go back? Listen to your manager. Yeah, just do what your manager says. Interesting. Go to the end of the episode, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, you'll figure it out on the Managers way. Managers manage, and players play, and alligators alligate. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I agree that it, the theme park had nothing to do with that. And then mm-hmm. there was also this weird scene at the end where there's a guy making funnel cake next to a roller coaster. Yeah. Are yeah. theme parks like this anywhere? No. <laughs> I was going to more point out that when they go to the theme park, you know, they uh, drop Homer and Lisa off at the baseball stadium, Marge and Bart go to this theme park, and then Bart has this line of, oh, we've been here for seven hours. I'm starting to feel better. It's like, wow, the game is definitely over by now. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. American sports are awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I know, baseball goes for a long time, but uh, yeah, yep, even uh, cricket would almost be over. 
Yeah, snooker would be a I third actually... of the way in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind actually the end of that scene when he walks the funnel cake maker off. Mm. He goes, not everything is baseball. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, I like his delivery on, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite good. I will say, though, I think that Homer at the Bat made good use of their voice acting abilities because they're not great, but they made that work. Like, you yeah. know, the line of, oh, man, is this ever sweet? You know, it works because of how <laughs> crap it is in its delivery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously not, Mike Sosher is obviously not the best voice actor, but mm. I think functionally, like, this worked and, like, there were a couple of funny moments and, like, yeah, mm. pull a funny face for the cat. Like, it's all good shit, I reckon. Even though, yeah, uh, now that I do think about it, uh, them at a theme park where a baseball manager suddenly shows up is pretty contrived. It works functionally, but then you have to think it's just, uh, yeah, means to an end. So instead of having a heart moment where Marge might be like, let me take you to the Baseball Hall of Fame we have for some reason in Springfield. Mm. Or you can see all the great <laughs> players and, oh, we bumped into Mike Sosha in an organic place. That makes sense. Mm. He almost comes out of hammer space. Yeah, know? pretty much. The thing is that ultimately it's kind of Lisa who has to make the revelation because I think the episode, generally speaking, is siding with Bart that mm. it's better mm. to play baseball in a way that's fun and based on instinct rather than to sort of suck all the fun of it with cold hard maths. Mm. And so really, they just needed Bart to be there so that Lisa could have her realisation moment that, you know, watching someone do something that is against the odds, that is mathematically yeah. improbable, is actually quite mm. exciting. So just finding a way to keep him in the team, perhaps, and... He could just be on the bench. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have to be kicked off the team. He could Yeah, like Homer, yeah. scratching his crotch. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, it just needed more time to flesh the ideas out. Like, Yeah, and especially in an episode where they clearly had time, because they had an extended couch gag, and mm, there was that extended yeah. fight scene with Maggie. Yeah. That, yeah. There were quick ways to do that. If you needed to free up time, it was doable. Absolutely. It's sort of the good and bad thing about getting through some of this story with a montage. And mm. like, even though I quite liked that version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, I couldn't find it. I think it might have been an in-house developed one. Yes. Mm. But yeah, all this character development happens within, yeah, this... 30 second montage and yeah even then i wasn't like hugely won over with a lot of the jokes there but it, I, don't, I don't mind montages i'm sure early simpsons used them as well it's, it's oh, yeah. it just can't be your only like storytelling device i mean this is just proof to me that it was the wrong direction to go mm. it really just needed to remember that a part of what made it so great were the characters and the story and just relegating developments to a montage is mm, yeah. so damaging for the mm. overall feel I get. Because as, as I said, you know, some of the jokes I can recognize were pretty good, but emotionally I just feel so barren, like watching the lack of care that goes into the build-up. Yeah, I mean, it's the same to be said that the big revelation that, you know, Lisa actually does need Bart mm. comes, she just calls him and says, oh, we've lost a batter and we need you. And it's like, yeah. surely there should have been a moment where that batter gets taken out and she's all like, I've run the numbers and no one else can do this. Oh my gosh, I'm going to need Bart back. Yeah, mm. that's the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she realizes her statistically. passion for maths is now yeah. colliding with his passion of um, baseball. So yeah, man, I did like great. the joke about Ralph juicing though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing to my body. <laughs> yes, I have a list of jokes here, which are kind of weirdly. I mean, that's a steroid joke. Okay, fine. I guess the idea yeah. is mm -hmm. that kids wouldn't get it, and parents would like like it, but it just felt yeah. out of place sometimes. And like you know, was said earlier does kind of feel like that maybe going after the family guy crowd as well another one yeah. was bart showing up and saying who ordered a happy ending yeah that was yeah I wrote that down that and, like, odd. <laughs> and then lenny's being kind of racist ever since so yeah. one you've been like jesus christ lenny 
Why'd you go there? Yeah. Why'd you go to that place? Yeah. And then right at the beginning, um, unless I'm imagining things, I'm pretty sure there's an ejaculation joke of Millhouse and the fountain when the, um, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the water suddenly is going higher when the attractive mm-hmm. woman goes past. And it's like, huh, yep. this is gag, interesting. Gag, 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 gag. You see, the, re- the water is a metaphor for penis. <laughs> <laughs> for cum. I guess this gets us into the wackiness of this episode. Sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've already covered Maggie fencing and vodka mayo. So. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Frink, Professor Frink, he does a good waving. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'd say under wackiness is the nerds being at the bar, because why on earth would they be there? And I did write that down, but they do kind mm. of cover it by, you know, most yeah. saying, why did I advertise in Scientific American? You know, which again, yeah. wasn't a funny moment, but it did explain why they were there. It's not funny now you yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought the nerds coming back was a yeah welcome inclusion. Mm-hmm. I, like the nerds. Ha- I like the nerds. Nice to see that Frank has friends that he gets with socially and shares one ginger <laughs> beer between. Just because they share data doesn't mean they're friends. Oh. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> this could be a purely true. professional arrangement that they have. Mm-hmm. Stat bros. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the data, not about the mater. Ooh. <laughs> and he's like, got that fly ball way out the di- Speaking of the nerds, though, I do like the idea that, you know, there's lots of different kinds of nerds. You know, you meet some people and they can't stand fantasy or sci-fi or anything like that, but then mm-hmm. they, they have this weirdly obsessive knowledge of sport and the sort of <laughs> statistics behind it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're just a fanatic in a different way, in a slightly more socially acceptable way. Mm. I quite like that idea. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. And they usher in the other guest star of this episode, Bill James, who is apparently the big baseball statistician and made baseball as fun Uh, as doing your taxes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did kind of laugh at that actually but then there was a weird pause after Mm. he said it and then Mm. i noticed there was a few moments in this episode where somebody Mm. would say something and yeah it was pause for laughter yeah and it was so weird yeah i'd like to have that (laughs) well speaking of being too satisfied with a joke i do notice that schrodinger's bat showed up twice in two completely different scenes they were very happy with that one you see the books first when they give the stack of books to Lisa, and then later on when yeah. she's at the baseball field at the side thing, Schrodinger's mm. bat is there again, it's just to make sure you caught it. So what's oh, the theory behind that? It's the bat will both hit the ball and not hit the ball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you miss 100% of the swings you don't take? How do you know? <laughs> it's true. There's no way to tell. <laughs> yeah, like we said, not a particularly wacky episode, especially mm. once the baseball comes in. Yeah. But how about the heart? Bart and Lisa, we got another one of their stories, and it's also a sports story. What? How'd the yeah. emotional thing Sorry, resonate? now that you mentioned it, it's just like, you're right, there is nothing wacky about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it needed to evolve into Blurns Ball. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> ah, so they spaced it up, did they? <laughs> but the unfortunate thing is, you're always going to compare this episode yeah. to the hockey episode. Well, I am anyway. For a Barton Lisa story, definitely. That's where you're yeah. going to come back to. Yeah. And that is an hilarious episode. It's got the heart, you know, the ending that definitely makes me cry. Mm. As we've discussed so many times, those two things are intertwined. The, the jokes succeed because of how much heart there is. And in this one, everything that the hockey episode is, is sort of not present in this one. Yeah. There's this one moment when the pitcher uh, pitches. He he pitches the ball and it turns into Lisa's face and, and oh, yeah. it's, what's the line it's like I'm ruining. ruining the thing that you love yeah it's very much a moment of do you get the plot yet you know yeah. that whole thing <laughs> but because of that I went oh yeah and I started thinking oh, okay there's a little a little bit of heart yeah. there the thing is, Bart and Lisa were ciphers. They were ciphers for two different approaches to baseball, and they work quite well mm-hmm. as ciphers because it does correspond to their actual characters, one being you know, a very brainy type, the other being a very brawny type. Mm. And yes, there is definitely something there that maybe this is 
you know, with all of the school stuff and Bart's frustration at school, this is a place, this is an arena in which he can feel success and feel like he's Mm -hmm. actually good at something. And Lisa's come Mm -hmm. in with school stuff to demonstrate that sometimes he needs to not do that and he needs to play as part of a wider team. What they forget to do is tie it really back to that character conflict. They make them too much of a cipher. They make it too much about the ideas they're representing, which is instinct versus Mm -hmm. maths. And they forget to make it more about who they are as people and what this conflict means for them. One of the things where they feel like they waste their time as well is where after Bart gets fired from the team and they come back home and the conflict between them then turns into Marge and Homer arguing with each other. That was a missed opportunity because they could have really dealt into what it's like for them living together now at home and instead you have a... Barton Lisa thing, even though it did lead to one of my amusing moments, which was the sheer abruptness of the cut from Marge's fairy tale story to Homer telling Lisa in bed just yeah. this story that sounds like he's reading the sports page. Yeah. That made me laugh. Yeah. It, it was pretty good. It was a good conflict, but they needed to sacrifice it in order to flesh out the Barton Lisa moments more, mm. or they needed to have a shorter opening gag and intro. They, you know, sacrifice some time somewhere to either flesh out Bart and Lisa or to get a resolution for Homer and Marge and make Homer and Marge's conflict something, tie it in. Yeah, because there's that underlying thing in the ice hockey episode. What's it called? Lisa on on ice. ice. Lisa Mm. on ice. There's the underlying current that this conflict is being caused by Homer because, you know, he's such a competitive dad and he's so definitely giving more love and affection to whoever it is who's winning, you know, that it's very much his fault at the end. And I love the, you know, revelation at the end that although Bart and Lisa have had this lovely moment where they realise they love each other, Homer has learned nothing and just, you know, they're both losers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's fantastic. Here it just felt a little abrupt. You've got one scene of the parents weighing in on it. Well, yeah, that has the benefit of it's mostly about the kid's story and Homer sort of exists on the periphery. I think it's true. Yeah, he's an antagonist. Part of their revelation at the end is to overcome the pressure he has put on them. Yeah. It's incidentally, yeah. It's just like they kind of just forget about it because they remember each other, you know, and it's a very natural thing. So they don't have to have their big confrontation scene against Homer because he just doesn't matter anymore. They've discovered their Mm. kinship, you know. And that's to me what's so disappointing about the Marge Homer argument in this. And, And I also like pretty well all the material of the Homer. Marge argument mm. like even their little thing at the dinner table where Marge goes mm, and Homer's asleep and then cuts back yeah. uh, I, the cut back to me. him yeah, being awake again afterwards got me I was I was worried yeah. they were going to end the gag on him being asleep which was fairly lame but the mm. cut back and he's awake again and frowning again that yeah he got a got a smile but yeah, yeah unfortunately, it. when it dissected, it's like, okay, this scene could have totally been removed and the episode yeah, yeah, probably would have been I like improved. the jokes, but the fact it did nothing for the episode is uh, a bit of a problem. But I do like that Marge is reading the Berry Stained Bears. Oh, right. <laughs> Just Damn a, it, another Mandela effect. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> Just triple that one down. But how about the heart moment at the end when um, Lisa embraces the excitement and the mm. anarchic style of Bart? Yeah, I like uh, the bit where she's saying, you know, it's impossible, it's, you know, improbable, and it's incredibly exciting. Yeah, I mm-hmm. liked it. I like the idea that that's the resolution here, is that Lisa has realised that the one thing her mouse can't account for is the sheer excitement of seeing someone go against the odds and play mm-hmm. unintelligently in a way that risks everything yeah. in the hope of big reward. That's, that's good. That's a reasonable yeah. way of resolving yeah. this uh, tension. It's a well-observed sentiment about sport. Yeah. Yeah, the excitement is the one good thing about sport. (laughs) (laughs) But I do wish they'd found a way to communicate it without her just saying exactly what she thought. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I could have done without the sign language bit as well. Again, it's just eating up yep. time. Yeah, need to scale. Yeah, it would have been good if they yeah. like pan to her head and she's like, oh, this is an impossible play. What the hell is yeah. he doing? And then it pans out and she's got like a foam finger and is all cheering him <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel so bad because I'm, I'm nit. Well, it's, it's a bit more than nitpicking, but I feel like I'm coming on and I just don't want to have any <laughs> Simpsons fun this time around. Um, <laughs> Why can't you invite us on to talk about great episodes? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there eventually. What's the third episode we're doing? Oh, boy. Yeah, you've definitely <laughs> dodged my golden period. I've famously got quite a narrow period for the golden era of The Simpsons of being seasons three through seven. And famously. we've been on three times, and only once have you given me an episode from that range, you <laughs> bastards. We had you on to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, statistically, <laughs> across 32 seasons, the fact you got it once is pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly. true. That is true. <laughs> They've got an unfortunate ratio at the moment. It was itchy and scratchy yeah true <laughs> it's very much like throwing a dart at a pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> oh i got the needle but ultimately <laughs> did it feel like an episode of the simpsons so these are the characters we know and love how's the integrity better than the I last mean, one yeah it's yeah. fine there's nothing no massive betrayals there's not any high moments of this is absolutely them but at the same time there's no betrayals it's very much yeah. a retread of lisa on ice yeah, yeah like, as I said a yeah. couple of times, it, the conflict plays into who Bart and Lisa are well enough. I'm only disappointed because I know it. I know it could be so much more. I know it's not reaching its full potential, and I'm just that teacher that they're gonna hate until they get to about age 27, <laughs> and they're gonna think, "No, I, I, I think Mr. Goodman was right to treat me like this." Yeah, I think, I think they're about 12 years off of being able to do better. I'm, I think this is fine for their general track record by this stage. <laughs> I'm actually surprised because, yeah, the writer, Tim Long, he's usually a point of annoyance mm. for us. But, yeah, this was a, a rare full house for him. Wait, no, what is it? Home run. Um, for me, anyway. <laughs> Straight flush. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, character integrity is going to be the one thing that I just don't have a lot to say on because I think everyone's pretty well in their lane in this mm -hmm. one. And yeah. the show as a whole, like, I agree that it's a bit of a pale imitation of, yeah, especially Lisa on Ice Homer at the bat. But I don't think it's betraying anything. No. No, I don't think Just so. the comedy. Yeah, just, <laughs> just the concept of comedy. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? No. Nah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't um, hate it if I did. Yeah. You know, if it's on and I'm doing something else that's very absorbing, then maybe I would allow it to continue <laughs> to be on. something else that was really good. <laughs> I would switch it off like fuck, like I would do for the last episode. Yeah, I'll give it like a laundry playlist. You yeah. Know. One yeah. of those. Jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Background <laughs> Still no. I just watch Good Simpsons. It has been near the end of the jigsaw puzzle where pieces are just flying in and it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and fucking Corbin's just walked into your front room and said, Paul, it's time for us to have a cup of tea together. Like, <laughs> oh boy, do you mind if I leave the Simpsons episode on? Whatever. <laughs> All right, well, let's look at how we'd improve it. Turn it into an episode that you would watch, not with laundry or puzzles or Corbin mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, BT, we'll start with you. What would you like to whatever change about this was. episode? Just make with a laugh, laugh. I mean, we could also use a better resolution of the story. We've kind of yeah. picked that as we went, that a lot of this is just told and shown, but it's not awful. But yeah, the whole amusement park I could do without, and mm. there's an easier, cleaner way to do that. But uh, that I can excuse if you just make me laugh a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Paul Salt? What would you like to change? No, exactly the same. And make it funnier. And again, I would like to see the conflict rooted more heavily into who the characters are rather than the point mm -hmm. that the writers are trying to make. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, big sticking point was just that it wasn't funny particularly. So that's the only thing I'd change is, yeah, get those writers who all left about 13 mm. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and how about you, Paul Goodman? I've pretty much been through it, but the pacing is crazy. There's no time mm. for any of the ideas to flesh out. Once Lisa starts managing, she forgets all about why she started in the first place. 
And we need more about her worries and insecurities around underachieving, yeah. which really drives her and it's really relatable. Then we need more about Bart feeling like he's losing this one mm. thing that he loves and he's good at. Yeah. I would say one thing you could do, because Lisa on Ice, after Lisa discovers hockey, she does kind of forget about the whole passing gym thing and it doesn't come up again. But the reason mm. is that she's mm. discovered something else that she loves. She loves yeah, doing yeah. hockey. It's actually really fulfilling to her. And I just need more of an overlap. Yeah, that's all. in this, it just feels a bit perfunctory that she's yeah. still managing this team. Like, what is she getting out of it? Yeah. I got to agree with the general points of, yeah, make it funnier. And I've yeah already sort of mentioned a few of the scenes that I thought were eating up time and not necessary to the story. And yeah, and also just some of the weirder moments, like why is this happening? Like where Burns is suddenly at the game and it's like, I've got my yeah. Huffnagel autocollator and it's like, why is yeah. Burns here though? So they needed something to explode when Mark Bart's making that run to home yeah. and send sparks everywhere, but that's about it. But mm. yeah, have someone's ice cream or something just spontaneously. Yeah, this is Springfield. Great. Things catch fire all the time with no reason. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have the funnel cake guy explode. And he's also there. Why not? All right. Um, yeah, we are here. Salt, do you have any other notes? Okay. I will not ride all over the walls. Is such. A, it's not necessarily funny, but it's such a pure Simpsons mm-hmm. chalkboard gag. I can't believe they haven't done it before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God, it feels like one of the first ones you'd think of. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like it's undercut with like the Banksy, yes, for lack of a better word, logo everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that is distracting. Yeah, where it's all like, hey kids, guess who we got? Mm. Um, I like the reference to whoever Flanders' neighbor is on the other side. Mm. This is a reference. Don't you have neighbors on the other side? And I just like, because Evergreen Terrace in general, although The Simpsons is a very storied and you know, populated place. No one else important lives on Evergreen Terrace. Yeah, sure. Am I wrong in that? Yeah. It's just you've got does, the Bush household across the road, but otherwise, does Gerald Ford still live there? I mean, I mean presumably. Hang on a minute. Yeah, didn't reset that to zero. So yeah, that's I true. He's presumably still there. Where it's vacant again, and they do mention oh, that okay. people keep moving out. Oh, yeah, really? and then the no. Simpsons neighbors on the other side. They briefly had the Winfields and then the Powers. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, the Powers! Um, Fuck, I forgot about yep. the Powers. Yeah, Laura and Ruth Powers. But yeah, they sort of got dropped. Yeah, they did. But, yeah, I did forget about the Powers. That's true. They so they have mm. done stuff with other Simpsons neighbors. Yeah, very very rarely considering. But but yeah, I did like Flanders' line. There is a Flanders sandwich with great neighbor bread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very Ned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Goodman? Any other notes? Yeah, I liked the hamster shock face at the beginning when um, the attractive mm. lady walks past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was well animated. Yeah. The line, woo, underpants dinner didn't make me laugh in itself, but Marge responding with, no, it's not, made me laugh. <laughs> okay, yeah. I did actually get one laugh out of this episode. Yeah, just the straightness of it was great. Mm. Um, Which gives the impl- implication it's happened before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I did have one other note. Ooh. And it's just that it's weird how frequently sports episodes of American sitcoms or comedy shows are really good. There are examples of um, really good sports episodes in The Simpsons, Futurama, Mm -hmm. American Dad, Mm -hmm. King of the Hill, Friends, South Park, Mm. Malcolm in the Middle. It's just often (laughs) when everybody just gets together to play a sport, it ends up being kind of a highlight. Mm. And it's strange. I wonder why that is. I guess it just gives you a a sort of good vehicle for gags. Yeah. Yeah. It's the magic of sports. No, it's got (laughs) inbuilt stakes and you can always do... You know, the high drama, tight score at the end. Mm-hmm. And, yep. of course, yeah. being able to get through a lot of the boring things of sport by putting it into a sitcom. Yeah, you can yeah. just have the drama. Forgivable to move into a montage as well in, yeah. a, in a sports yep. drama. And it's always a chance to do yeah. some physical comedy, you know, visual comedy. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. You know, it would have been kind of a funny undermining was, you know, Lisa calls up Bart like, oh, we need you to come play. And he comes in and he slides and he fails his uh, big <laughs> stealing home move. And he's like, oh, I lost the game. He's like, 
Oh no, we were actually fourteen ahead. <laughs> I just like, wanted to just, maximize just points. That's a good gag. Yeah, it's always in these things. The final game is always a nail biter. It would have just been kind of funny to undermine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that reminds me of the bowling team episode of just um, guys. I made the shot. We won. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> Another great episode of The Simpsons. It's yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a piece. Another great sports one. Have I misjudged you, sports? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has misjudged sports. That's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> uh, was that all you know? It's Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. Mm. <laughs> uh, how about you, VT? Any other notes? The Yale lady has like a coffee cup platinum club, and I do always enjoy like a <laughs> a premium in the worst possible way kind of joke. Yeah, like oh, a really yeah. shit status symbol. Yeah, like ooh, platinum. Wow, <laughs> you're now making me think of the boxing episode of The Simpsons, where in the montage he keeps getting better and better car washes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra premium oh, deluxe. Great. Um, the bit where okay, Skinner flips through the yearbook to kind of detail this woman's deeds back when she was at Springfield Elementary, and it plays like a music which stops as soon as he closes the book mm. i thought that was a good little cut <laughs> uh baseball is played by the dexterous and understood by the point dexterous not bad wordplay Mwah. and i kind of like kind of don't when you know they pick up bart then lisa yells at him there and the whole team like "Ooh, conflicted 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 mm. yeah not a fan i do enjoy the then reprise or reprise i never know how that's pronounced uh when it's like yay conflicting oh. confliction over or whatever it is conflict Resol- resolved there it's conflict, conflict resolved, resolved. Confliction, Ben. Jeez. <laughs> uh, when they win, they pour Gatorade on the laptop. That was kind of funny. Yeah, I miss that. And, you know, Bart's a great brother 51% of the time. That was a nice <clears throat> moment where, yeah, Lisa's yeah. like, can you put a number on it? He picks up the phone with the number one. Mm. Ah, come on. Ah. Mm. Yeah, it's not quite, you know, the skating up to each other and dropping the gear. But still. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I only got a couple of other notes. Point in the episode I didn't really like was Bart and Lisa are arguing. Someone says, "Get a room. We're brother and sister." And Millhouse is like, "So are my parents, I think." Yeah, yeah, that, I, that's what I you see. You're completing notes. I half wrote down. I wrote brother and sister, but after awkward exchange, and I couldn't remember what that was. So <laughs> thank you for that, because <laughs> it was too quick. There's too much happening to like take proper notes. So many of my notes are just they look like the scribblings of a madman. Like, yeah, I've come up with a lot of shorthands and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. It's like, 16 hours, R&T. What the? Uh, <laughs> I'll write a dog at sleep for 16. Sorry, I thought of another one I quickly wanted to bring up. When Lisa first arrives and she's all like, Bart's like, what? Lisa's coaching? She can't do that. It's like, why? Do you hate the idea of a girl coaching you? And he's like, he's like, no, I hate the idea of you not knowing anything about baseball and coaching us. And then she goes on to defend that by listing female coaches. And it's like... Oh, yeah. Who not... turn out to be yeah. male ones. Like, he, he, he literally just said it wasn't your gender. It was the fact that you don't know anything about baseball. Defending that by listing female coaches, even though they weren't, doesn't fix that. No, <laughs> definitely. But I did like the 16 hours of sleep for Rod and Todd. Yeah, um... it sounds pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all my notes. It's time to rank this thing. BT, you go first. Hmm, I'm on the Patissa bronze border, and I'm going to go participant because if I just got a few more laughs, this would have moved into a bronze. But the fact that I really feel like I didn't get a good solid laugh out of the whole episode, there were some hmm kind of moments, but nothing that really, really tickled me. So I'm going to stick with a participant. It's a high participant. It's functional. It mm. gets by. It doesn't need any, um, you know, sprocket oil or whatever it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah. How about you, Paul Salt? Okay, I think yes. Participant feels fair, I think. In as much as I do want to make a distinction between this and episodes that really piss me off. Um, and although on its own, maybe I would say yes, this did fail in its intentions, I will put participant because it had things going for it and it didn't overtly irritate me. Paul Goodman? Yeah, I'm on the participate border, but mm. I think the difference between this and the previous episode that we saw 
is absolutely going to place this in the participant section, just on the low end, because it did fail, as Paul said, in its primary functions to make me laugh and feel something. But it's not a character betrayal. It participated. Wow. In a game okay. Of laughs. <laughs> I'm going silver. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Silver. Like, and it's one of these ones where I'm actually bumping it up because of its comparison against other HD era episodes, where mm. I feel I thought you were going to say out of spite. that too but especially story-wise i feel like this episode is doing a lot that other episodes don't do and i quite liked a bunch of the humor like it's not one of the biggest gut busters of course like Mm. but i feel like it was doing a lot more than other hd era episodes do and i feel like i did get a bit of emotional resonance and i do like how the conflict played into bart and lisa's characters so i think this Mm. is I'm giving silver for function, and I don't know what that's going to average out into being. Probably a dull bronze or something. Yeah, probably dull bronze. Yeah. I'm going to shift towards failure to adjust for your score. (laughs) (laughs) Damn statistics. (laughs) maths. All right, cool. Well, that about does it for money part. Now we're going to do a big jump over the teens era and go right to the end of the classic era and do that very famous episode, The Principal and the Pauper. You guys Mm -hmm. excited? Arm and jump shark Terry. Could you jump a bit further? Conflicted, conflicted, conflicted. I'm excited. I'm worried. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go watch that one and we'll be back. And we are back and we just watched our quotes classic era episode. This was season nine, episode two The Principal and the Pauper. First released in September of 1997, it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Ken Keeler. In this episode, yeah, you know this one, it's the Armand Tanzarian one. <laughs> hey, y'all, what did we think? Fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, I have complicated emotions there, Elliot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mixed emotions, definitely. Yeah. I remembered this being better than it was. Yeah, me yep. too. That's um, a lot of season nine for me. Yeah, which is very unfortunate, but I did... There are still... Sorry, I decided to take a Gaviscon because my um, reflux was um, playing up. So give me one second. Are you, Are you trying to not- podcast, but your reflux keeps playing up on you? <laughs> Try Gaviscon. Did we get to the same <laughs> bit? There's about time they pay me back for it. No, the bits I was going to... Are you choking on your own mixed emotions here? <laughs> oh, much better. Is the acid of your mixed emotions shooting up your gullet? <laughs> You just watched The Principal and the Pauper by Gaviscon. (laughs) (laughs) That might be our most damning uh, review yet. (laughs) Gave me acid reflux. (laughs) Yeah, look, this episode, its reputation certainly precedes it. Mm. It does. A lot of people heralding this as the day The Simpsons died. Or jumped the shark. I'll argue Mm. that, yeah, when Homer went to space was probably a bigger shark jump. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) That is an excellent episode. Mm. It really is. So, yeah, this one is complicated because, like, I think it's actually an okay told story with some okay jokes. It's just the inconsequential nature, I think, is what really bugs me about this one. To Mm. its credit, I feel like its inconsequential nature is the joke. Yeah. Exactly. But that's Mm. a problem Mm. for me. The fact that they would go out and do that with this is just be like, hey, let's just throw this one away. Mm. You know, let's just tell a story that feels about as consistent and logical as the Halloween special, but just play it as a regular episode. And yeah. me and my family, we've been re-watching Eight, Simpsons Eight. Mm. And the other day we watched Sherry Bobbins, mm. which we're all quite happy with. You know, it's got some really great gags in there and some lovely songs. But I have this thing with seasons eight and nine. And I think this rewatching Principal and the Pauper really solidified this for me. 
this is what bad Simpsons would be like if it was still funny. Mm. Yeah. I feel mm. like if season 30 was still like those writers and it was still as funny as the early seasons, it would be like this. Only the stuff in here that's wrong isn't as wrong as season 30, obviously. But yeah. all that stuff is kind of going on now. The fact that everything is at the expense of jokes. Jokes first, character integrity I will, second. I will say I thought there was some emotional heft. True. Um, mm. Especially in albeit rushed his flashback in vietnam and then yeah. the real seymour skinner encouraging him to take a more positive approach to life mm. it, it got me a bit i i enjoyed that i do yeah. think that it had smattering to classic simpsons and it did really signify a lot of the problems with simpsons to come yeah. um mm. but i do wonder if the simpsons would have ended this season or if season 10 perhaps it could have been excused as a yeah probably yeah maybe they're doing something weird here and it's kind of inconsequential but you do, you now know that this is a fact about Seymour Skinner. And yeah, look, they stumbled a bit in the final two seasons, but they got there. It probably wouldn't have been such a retrospective catastrophe. But mm. when you've got 20 seasons of the jokes I not landing and the throwaway episodes and the constant jumping from shark to shark, it sort of exaggerates or exacerbates how bad this is. It was very controversial at the time. It was very much felt that this was a bad thing to have done with Skinner. Mm. But yeah, I think it is It is exacerbated by the fact that you can see so much of what would become terrible about The Simpsons in here. Have you guys mm. ever discussed out of curiosity what would, of the episodes that exist, what would have made a decent finale to all of The Simpsons? Like, of the ones that already existed, I don't think yeah. we've said anything that sort of hasn't okay. already been a common opinion. Like, mm. Behind the Laughter, you know, which also makes mm. fun of this episode and points out the yeah. Um, oh, yeah. stupidity of the storyline. Like, that would have been an interesting finale. And also the season 23 episode, The Future Jump, that, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't a perfect episode by any means, but it would have been a decent send-off. Yeah. Mm. Oh, right. I was watching uh, season seven before this, and I always thought the season seven finale is quite a good final episode of The Simpsons. Which one's that? Because, again, I really want it dead early. Um, <laughs> season seven ends with the one where they all go to the beach, and Lisa makes friends oh. with Christina Ritchie. Oh, yeah. Summer of four foot two, perfect yeah. episode. And it, it ends with Homer throwing a Buzz Cola out of the window, and it rolls down a hill <laughs> crab uses it as a shell and then walks yep. off and that seems like such a great final image for the simpsons mm. yeah. we could have learned so much more about that crab <laughs> <laughs> you'd miss stuff in season eight you would there were great episodes mm. in in eight and in nine as well but that would have been nice for me yeah <laughs> like, like we've always said on this show that the simpsons didn't turn bad overnight mm. it's more no. of a slippery slope that yep. mm. then was exacerbated by the production of the movie where that's when during seasons 15, 16, the scale started tipping where they were producing more bad episodes than good. But yeah, this one, it's a definite turning point for the show where they it still had some classic era jokes. And also, you know, the yeah. pedigree of Ken Keeler behind him, which, yeah, if you don't know, was a mm. prominent, prolific writer for Futurama and yeah, like yeah. penned yes. some of the best episodes. Like, yeah. yeah. Our friends over at Baby Beard Media have said a lot of nice things about Ken Keeler. Indeed. And it's yeah. that does just make it doubly surprising because you hear like the audio commentary on this episode and I, I can't remember who it is, but one of them is sort of saying, you know, it's so weird that everybody got so hung up on this, you know, and that they invested mm. in Skinner and, you know, and it seems like they even don't have that much respect for him as a character. They're just like, is he top mm. 10? And it's like, I don't know, to some people he will be, you know, and that does that matter to cut the legs from out of a character like this? I actually, for me, this made me like Skinner more this oh, episode okay. i liked this background i really liked it i genuinely don't have an issue with the story in itself it's more mm. just the leaning towards gags 
and meaning that there are just so many more jokes that don't work. Just ending with where Skinner is talking to his mum and he's saying, he's your real son, you know, you're, you should be together. And she just goes, you're my real son. Yeah. You know, I, I got close to welling up. It was a really nice mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, yes, there are some... Aside from the initial thing that they do with the character, which... I don't know, for me, yes, the potential niceness of what it adds to his background is just kind of undone for me by how willfully and outright non-canon they wanted to make this, as epitomized by the final joke of, you know, you're going to see a much more different Seymour Skinner. Oh, no, we're not. Yes, mother. You know, it's Mm, it's not a bad gag, but it just goes out of the way to really point out, don't worry, everyone, none Mm. of this is going to come up again. It's not going to be an issue. It's not going to change who Skinner is. Just forget about it, you know? And that's just such a weird thing to do. Well, like mm. you were saying before with the comparison of a Halloween episode, yeah. that's sort of how the producers felt about it, that mm. this episode does exist in a bubble, and they didn't see a problem with that. But the problem is it's never framed as a non-canonical no, episode, and that. that becomes a cop-out excuse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm. it's just, you know, what they said in retrospect when everyone kind of came back at them. I will agree, though. Initial yeah. concept, I'm not too sure about doing this, but what they do right, and they don't, bother to do in later episodes is that they think huh what would the actual emotional mm-hmm. reaction be from all of the characters around him mm. and i was surprised to see there's only one scene of skinner's mother not being happy with the new seymour i thought there was more than that but there's one sequence yeah borrowing her car seats and that's it but i liked the scene he has with edna where he's oh, skipping yeah. town mm-hmm. yeah there were some good character moments in there where they take a ridiculous concept and do the kind of legwork of having it have emotional stakes but um yeah. I'm still just not sold that it was a good thing to do in the first place. Yeah, it's all these moments that, yeah, they were sort of nice, but, like, it did feel very rushed all over. Mm. Like, I was wondering if this could be a contender for a two-parter. Like, I think yeah. that would have really pissed people off, but... Would have been interesting, at least. <laughs> Explore yeah. Armin Tanzarian. Up Yours Children is the joining point. <laughs> yeah. Between... Yeah. 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 Yeah, I see that. Well, let's hook into the questionnaire proper and really, yeah, dive into this episode, this controversial episode. (laughs) BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what stands out to you? All right, uh, scalpel, please. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to dive in, I thought we were going to do an exploratory. Anyway, uh, what really stands out for me is the line that I had to have you stop and rewind for me because it really got me, which is when (laughs) Chalmers walks into the teacher's lounge and Edna offers him uh, coffee-flavored Bavaria. Bavaria. Beverine. 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 Oh, yeah. (laughs) Coffee-flavored Beverine. He goes, yes, I take a gray with creamium. Yeah. (laughs) I never really noticed it before. It really paints the image of like office or school coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But what I'm going to use as this is an investigation into this episode is that requires you to kind of have this knowledge that the school is always poor and has these kind of substandard products, which is a point of continuity, as is Edna and Skinner's relationship, which is, you know, Mm. something from a previous episode we're meant to carry through. The fact that this rest of the episode is all like, the continuity doesn't matter, reset, bye. Yeah. It's very weird to have two very strong points of having to know this show and then telling you to stop and ignore it. Mm. And that's what stands out to me, Elliot. Yeah, it does seem very selective. And Mm. yeah. How about you, Salt? What stands out to you for better or worse? You know what? I'm going to go for the thing that really stood out. I think it is the ending. And again, I kind of respect it. It's, but I don't. (laughs) It's a good (laughs) gag, the idea of having an ending where it's like, None of this matters. Nobody's allowed to mention this anymore. By yeah. punishment of torture. Yeah. It's, it's a bold ending 
and I respect it for that. It's funny. It's like, you know, Marge, honey, I haven't learned a thing. It's it's <laughs> yeah. similar to, actually, you sure you want to give that freak his job back? Yeah, he seems to know all the students' names. <laughs> you know, from an earlier yeah. time in which Principal Skinner was kind of banished. Yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating here in its delivery and in what it's trying to do. Because it's a gag at the expense of the integrity of the characters and it just feels way too representative of where we're going to be going with this which is just literally you could just kill off all the characters at the end of every episode like kenny or something it doesn't (laughs) matter none of this matters anymore the one thing that bugs me about that ending was how out of character homer felt yeah the way he was sort of orchestrating everything and he was there to Mm. be like hey don't worry about this judge as if he'd been Mm-hmm. the one to have this idea yeah as if he's now the king of springfield yeah he's just a schlub and it really didn't feel like he should have been there i don't know who should have probably maybe mm. bart or lisa to be honest or both yeah. of them. yeah they work they work well as a team but for a guy who started the episode with a uh, continue looking shock and move slowly closer towards <laughs> the cake yeah he's a guy with a plan yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> a fresh batch of america balls <laughs> do you know what that moment i almost went with that moment there's something odd about the fact that we see him eat the dog food i feel like classic simpsons cuts away before he does it or as he does it uh. but this one we spent a bit of time with homer eating dog food and that again feels representative of where the humor is going here interesting and enjoying it as well yeah <laughs> like uh, maybe because of the setup my theory is skinner likes dog food yeah <laughs> i do also like just the pause he puts in that as well so my theory yeah. is Skinner likes dog food. Yeah. (laughs) But Homer's presence is actually what was going to stand out to me. That scene in the office where they're talking, you know, debriefing about Mm -hmm. the whole Armin Tanzarian. um, I keep calling him Tanzarian for some reason. Like, I always heard it as an N, not an M. Anyway. So the. Embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah. When they're in the office, it's like, why are Marge, Bart, and Homer here? And where's Lisa and Maggie? And then when there's a pull out wide shot and. Then also Dr. Hibbert and Benice are there, and it's like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, It's just an odd character choice. If we're talking yeah. about weird character choices, this one got me right from the off. Chalmers sneaking around trying not to be seen by Skinner felt so weird. Mm. He just wouldn't give a shit. He would be like Agnes, you know, who'd have just been like, Skinner, go over there. Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wouldn't tiptoe his way into the office in this really kind of mm. weird, grinchy way. Mm. And it's just... That immediately kind of set me up wrong. It's a tiny thing, yeah. but it just True. It no, got I, me off on the wrong no, I get it. Context I get it from a yeah, perspective of if Chalmers is sneaking around, something is up. But I do much prefer the idea that he just marches into Skinner's off and says, Skinner, you need to go reseed the football Exactly. Mm. <laughs> just tells him to get out. <laughs> That's Chalmers, you know. And how about you, Goodman? What stands out to you for better or worse? But there's plenty of classic Simpsons in here that deserves a mention. There's a couple of really tight bits for me. The bit when they're in the car on the way to Capital yes. City to get Skinner. <laughs> and it's like, okay, run it by me one more time. Yeah. Yeah, the escalation there. Well, why is Grandpa here? Because Jasper didn't want to come along. with Jasper's really, really sweet smile. <laughs> My only issue with that is I feel like it actually peaked for me at why am I here? Because I <laughs> yeah. just felt like the ultimate kind of dumb guy thing of just sort of you, 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 me? Why is it me? And then mm, as yeah. it pulls out and then the final line of because Jasper didn't want to come by himself just felt like such a, you know, an old groaner kind of ending <laughs> kind of punchline. Oh, I, I, I liked really it. Liked I thought it, it came it. around quickly yeah. enough. Yeah. But the other one was the, the scum drops crap weeds conversation where they'd say, <laughs> you know, a, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. Well, not if you call them crap weed. Stench and it's blossoms. Just, they're all staring dumbly at the TV wide eyed whilst they're just exchanging these lines. And you know, this is the difference between this and the Tootsie Pop conversation in Money Part, 
where mm. like the camera is just like cut, 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 frenetic to get across the fact that we're telling jokes really quickly. They're, they're doing the same thing here, but it's a wide shot of them just staring at the TV, mm. having this conversation without interacting. They don't yeah. have that smug look on their face that so they insist on making Bart wear yeah. for the final 15 seasons. And they could be smug about it. Like they're yeah. starting out with a, oh, a Shakespeare quote and, yeah. but, and then ends with yeah. crap weights. But it's, it's a family <laughs> yeah. conversation around the TV. Yeah, the Simpsons were doing goggle box way before that show. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's because it was easier to animate in that current style. And I will say the return to old school animation was wonderful. Mm. And I was watching it on a 4K TV for the first time. I think it's the first time I've ever seen it. And the imperfections are beautiful. The fact that the mm. white of their eyes will sometimes go over the black lines um, yeah. and just the little like little smudges and, and lines that are quite wrong. And yeah. you can tell when yeah. one layer is thicker than another. It's oh, It had texture to it, and I love it. And a little bit of impressive animation. When the chorus is singing, Skinner, Skinner, all yeah. the mouths moving and making the right mouth thing as they all walk back and forth. That looks tricky. Mm. Does anyone know nice. what song they're referencing there? Um, I do not know. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Flipper. Flipper. Right? Faster uh, than Flipper. lightning. The dolphin? Yeah, I think so. Like from the Paul Hogan movie? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Play count. Have you ever seen this episode before, Paul Salt? Hold on. Oh, sorry. I loaded up the Flipper TV theme. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to come back. Have I seen it before? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, this is um, the first time I remember being aware of a Simpsons episode being new was The Secret War of the Simpsons. Oh. Up until then, Simpsons was always just repeats. Yeah. So that probably is a good indicator of the year we started really heavily watching it. So, yeah, we I was very familiar with this episode. And I wondered if that's why I wasn't laughing. But then I remembered, no, you can watch seasons three and four and, you know, mm. it'll crease you up, even though you can practically rehearse it. So recite it. Oh, sorry. For real. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to listen to Flipper. <laughs> they call him Flipper, Flipper, faster than lightning. No one you see is smarter than he. I did look up the lyrics. Yes, that was it. And it was a TV show. It was. Oh, I, yeah. I only knew from the '90s movie or something. Oh, really? What a choice! Oh, so they just they lifted the lyrics as well. I thought they. Yeah. I thought they'd have at least changed it slightly. Well, no, that's. Uh, I think that's quite funny that they just changed the name from Flipper to Skinner without changing anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that he's now faster than lightning. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty good. How about you, Goodman? <laughs> have you ever seen this episode before? I have many times. Back when I wasn't aware of a thing as a season, mm. I just thought it was just a collection of episodes that were played constantly. I saw this 10, 20 times. It's just a sort of endless blur of classic Simpsons. Definitely. And you, BT, where's this register on the BT play count? Um, multiple, but not for a long time. It's one of those ones that I've seen yeah. a bunch, and yet I don't think I have seen it for maybe 10, 15 years. So, yeah, possibly yeah. the same. It never yeah. comes up. Mm. You never go, yeah, let's watch this. Yeah, not, not until five <laughs> oh, years ago yeah. when a young man by the name of Elliot J. O'Neill was like, let's <laughs> review all of The Simpsons. And I was like, oh, what, uh, one day we'll get to Principal and the Pauper, I guess. Lies, <laughs> I am not young. I am extremely old. Five years ago you were young. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hell of a five years. So what happened with that? Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, this is like around the time where I start falling off the show. So this always sort of does feel weirdly new to me, as does a lot of like season nine to 12 episodes. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's one that I've tried to work out my feelings for for years mm. because, of course, being part of Simpsons fandom, this just always gets pointed out as being, yeah, this controversial episode. And like, I always want to push back on it because it is 
It isn't as bad as I think a lot of people make out. But mm. uh, anyway, let's talk more about that with the wackiness. Was this a particularly <laughs> wacky episode of The Simpsons? You know, one note before we do that, just something you said that really resonated with me because I was going sure. through season nine and it's weird that I could just be like alternately from episode to episode. Yep, that's part of classic era, classic, new, that's brand new, new, <laughs> classic, new. And it's just like... I hope you're doing this out loud. That I was, I was doing it very loudly out loud. Whilst my family tried to watch. And yeah, it was really bizarre, the ones that felt new to me and the ones that felt like they were part of, you know, old Simpsons, so... No, and like looking on the spreadsheet, it's funny, like the first half of season nine definitely ranks higher than the second half. Mm-hmm. And so odd. also in that, like there is a massive drop on our like average scores from eight to nine. Like, really? well, mm. have you ever looked at the list of writers? There's a Wikipedia article, list of Simpsons writers, and you can just see, you know, this person was a writer from three to four, you know, three to six, three to seven. There's a huge change at eight. Seven and eight, it's just so many people stopped at seven and so many other people started for the first time in eight. It was a big shift, and I wonder if Futurama maybe is part of that? But Mm. even then, this was a season eight holdover episode, which, again, Mm. is yeah odd to think about. Yes, and why I still say end of seven. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cut it off. Sorry, what was your question? How's the wackiness of this episode? Wackiness! Woohoo! I poached some fish for your journey, Mr. Tanzarian. <laughs> it's full of tiny bones, so be careful. It was on a plate. Yeah, just the idea that it's on a plate as well. That was, And it had the dumbest fish expression ever. I really like that fish. <laughs> yeah, it was the only thing I wrote down for wackiness. <laughs> There's some good moments for wackiness in your dreams. We'll see about that. Yeah, oh, beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> in terms of, like, when I think of wackiness, I always think of, like, defying gravity, defining... Mm. You know, Sherry Bobbins coming down from the skies. Yeah, well, you know, suddenly. on the Simpsons Index, we've identified, you know, impossible yeah. wacky and un, uh, right. unlikely wacky. Mm. Yeah. Impossible and unlikely. I don't know, if the, aside from the central concept itself of, you know, Skinner stealing the sky's identity, I don't know how <laughs> unreal or, like, plastic reality this one is. I thought it was mm. weird that Bart, Martin and Milhouse were hanging out near a storage yes. locker at night. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Characters, that's the big thing. Is characters, as we've already discussed, characters are exactly where they need to be. Mm. Yeah. In order to make I a mean, gag work. doesn't matter if it makes sense if they were there or not. Yeah, I mean, at least mm. they're there for that up yours children yeah. line, which is just perfect line oh, delivery. Wonderful. A bit of wackiness, <laughs> I think, is when Ar- Armin Tanzarian is retelling the story, he's on his motorcycle, he snatches a woman's purse, skids literally into a judge. Yeah. I oh, feel yeah. like it's wackiness, but it's also... He's just summarizing the story, and this is not like a literal interpretation of events. It's just like okay. the summary of it. All right. You know, the fact that he immediately gets up from knocking over the judge, clutches the purse greedily, and gets arrested within a second. Had if I yeah. known there was a war going on, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have apologized. <laughs> they, yeah, they gave yeah. me three options uh, jail, That's a good skinner. War, uh, join the army, or, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or apologize to the judge in the old lady. <clears throat> yeah. Didn't know there was a war on. <laughs> I will say that sometimes the, the slightly wacky thing that happens is that. Again, if there's a joke to be made, it doesn't really matter if it makes sense for the character. And the one that really mm, got me yeah. is Skinner knows who Ned Flanders is. He was the head of like yeah. the PTA. He mediated that discussion he had with yeah. Grabapple. Yeah. He knows who Ned Flanders is. It's a good gag. I like, oh, you're mm. thinking of Reverend Lovejoy. It's like, no, I'm not. That's quite a good yeah. gag. But again, you're just sacrificing the reality of, you know, mm. this. Yeah, that's true. For a joke. Well, that is true. 
I think this is coming back to the writers and producers really undervaluing their second tier characters with this storyline. Yeah. And I think that's what they did with Skinner as well, because like thinking of him as a C tier character is really wrong for the series. Cause like mm. yeah. if you consider like the core Simpsons family tier one, then Skinner's in tier two with like Burns and yeah. Flanders and mm. Right yeah. from the beginning, Especially remember his point. love plot with Patty? Was it Patty yeah. or Selma? With one of them, <laughs> you know, right back in the day, yeah. he was—he had we, like a so, story. Yeah, at this point, we've had two big romantic episodes with Principal Skinner <laughs> oh, at the right. centre between uh, yeah. the one with Edna and the one with Patty. Their hundredth episode was based on Bart and Skinner's relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bart is like—it's like his yeah. foil, his nemesis. You can't upside from such a Bob. You know, and who that guy on the radio? What was his name? Crazy. <laughs> Dr. Demento. <laughs> Dr. Demento, yeah. Aside from those two, it's his main antagonist. So, of course, he's a second tier yeah. character. There are plenty of really amazing characters that they lean into, um, such as Ralph. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did oh. like Ralph's. Who has Ralph had just a, about 10 minutes of glory. First off, the. <laughs> which one is oral? <laughs> Out of your mouth, Ralph. <laughs> Miss Hoover, which one is one? <laughs> and then was... the, the <laughs> speech they give about Principal Skinner. Mm. Yep. Where Lisa's giving this sort of tender biography. And he occasionally just cuts in with, Principal Skinner is an old man who lives at the school. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, it's been a while since we had some James L. Ralph. Could you give us a little bit of, uh, when I grow up, I want to be either a pin- principal <laughs> or a caterpillar? When I grow up, I want to be a principal <laughs> or a caterpillar. <laughs> I love you, Principal Skinner. Yeah. We haven't done that it's for a long terrifying. time. So if there are any new I listeners confused, we like to replace uh, Ralph's lines with ones read by James L. Jones. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I did enjoy the line. He made me, I went to his office when I was dirty. Dirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. On the wackiness as well, you know, in this part, we like to talk about the animation. And I've got to say, all the war flashbacks looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Mm. The use of shadow there was amazing. Oh, lovingly animated, like, the skies always have that beautiful, like, orange-pink gradients going on. Yeah. Uh, some really good stuff there. And they make it visually distinct from their um, World War II flying hellfish flashback as well. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> true. They acknowledge it's a different theatre. Yeah. <laughs> the sky was all grey in World War II, apparently. Yeah, but when Vietnam was <laughs> orange and pink. And a kick-ass soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's got the great line as well of like, don't you have any dreams, son? All my dreams involve combing my hair. <laughs> my hair. Yeah. It's fucking great. It really does help paint this alternate character of Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's faster than lightning. <laughs> <laughs> but how about the emotional core of this episode? How was the heart? Again, it's a concept I kind of wish they hadn't done, but they mm. do hit upon the right reactions from the people around him. Yes. yes. I think it's yeah. well good with. There are, so there are some good moments. There's a bit where, you know, Skinner comes home to Agnes. Sorry. Armin Tanzarian comes home to Agnes <laughs> to, you know, God, this gets confusing. Uh, and she has that suggestion of, you know, uh, I think she knew. And then it says the lie made us both happier. And that really kind of ties in later on where yeah. she's all like, you are my son. I raised, I spent longer raising you than I did him. As weird as yeah. it is to have Agnes reunited with her long-lost son and not care in the slightest. Mm, or yeah. actually, neither of them care. Like, it's very weird that the actual Seymour Skinner doesn't spend any time without his mother at all, despite being separated yeah. from her for 26 years. It is, rather. But you're right, that is a nice thing. And there is a heart mm. to the story, the idea of you choose your family, which is a sweet thing. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice, but again, it just feels like the gag, the gag of this ending they wanted to do, of the aggressive resetting of continuity, is just working against that heart for me, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. 
I would have liked it if maybe Skinner had been a bit different after that episode. And maybe, fuck it, maybe everyone keeps calling him Armin. I don't know, you know, yeah. just something well, to make have, this mean something. They have the the resolution with Mrs. Skinner, you know, ordering him to come back and ordering everybody out of the apartment, which I loved. I thought it was really fun and believable mm. and, and sort of in character. So they yeah. didn't need to have her do that again at the end of the episode because they already kind of did that joke and they used it in the emotional scene or one of the emotional scenes. Yeah, and that was the reprise, and especially from the start of the episode where we basically saw her abuse her son into coming to his own mm. surprise party. Which is yeah. great. It's wonderful yeah. how horrible she is. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her yelling him to the auditorium and just, <laughs> no, guys. But I feel they did hang a lampshade on it with, you know, oh, you are the master of deception. I surely am. It's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But no, as well, they're establishing their routine of mm-hmm. where they do silhouette night and do funny <laughs> captions for her bird book. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that ties in later when she's all like, ah, oh, this new Skinner is a weenie. Well, the old one was a weenie, but he was a weenie. A weenie. Yeah, yeah. Talking about emotional moments. Yeah. My favourite line near that, sorry, is just, is this the line for bashing um, the new Seymour yeah. Skinner? And to have 10 items or less. 12, 11, 10. He kind of That was great. Yeah. The most emotional conversation I've ever heard with the mm. repeated use of the word weenie. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even Agnes getting that turning point, which was, yeah, mm. had you ever told that to him, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Never told my weenie how much I love him. <laughs> well, you should. Everybody at home. Yeah. Yeah, gra- grab weenie. that weenie. And uh, make it full loved. Oh dear! <laughs> That's what you you want the pools. You get the pools. <laughs> and the pools. But yeah, with these emotional moments, it's just unfortunate that they rush through so much stuff. Because yeah, you're yeah. right. The scene with new old Skinner and Agnes is just it's one thing, and mm. we never see him try to have a relationship with her. Yeah, he's all just like, ah, oh, I've gone to a bar and I came back to change it to a turtleneck, which is not a sentence anyone has ever said in their life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then borrows a card. It's like, surely you want to spend time with the mother that you've left for 26 years. I guess it's economic storytelling, right? It's a 20-minute yeah. episode. Yeah, and true. Granted, they could have done more story instead of jokes, but, you know, blame what's-his-face. <laughs> they do have to be economical with that stuff sometimes and I do find that especially him saying that he's going to put on a turtleneck and gets across to me that he's a bad man I, <laughs> yeah he doesn't belong in this show no <laughs> Which we're meant to feel sympathy for him at the start because he spent, yeah, 25 years as a slave labor camp in Czech's notes, Wuhan. Oh, wow. Yes, <laughs> where I lived for a year. It's kind oh, of yeah. a funny story. You lived in Wuhan? I lived in Wuhan, yeah. yeah right. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah. Good food. Very big. That is where I visited you, right? <laughs> no, that was Yantai. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. For more notes on my life, <laughs> go to Patreon. I want more information about your movements in China. <laughs> a so good China. man in China. My mustache slips good. off, and you can see the MI6 badge under my mustache. Hey, Xi Jinping. <laughs> oh, so, can it. you speak Mandarin or Cantonese? Or idiot, uh, yeah. It was just that was just a little. <laughs> that literally means a little, which is what any white person does. They just say, "I can speak a little bit of this in the accent, uh, mm. in the language," and everyone laughs and ignores it. Only he pronounced the second syllable slightly differently, so it actually means the fridge door is still open. Yeah, it means I have diarrhea. No, I used, I used to be able to speak passable Mandarin, but mm. it's rare, even in Melbourne, to have the motivation to go yeah. out and practice it. That's what's essentially missing. You need to be out and know that if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to get food without pointing and people laughing at me. Yeah. That's what scuppered my attempts to speak Italian in Rome. It's just dumb that there was no need to. 
because it was yeah. Rome and everyone just spoke English. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where you'd go to a waiter and try and ask for something. They'd be like, sir, please. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. It's going to be a lot easier for both of us if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny in Italy. Like, I noticed that I'd go um, parler inglese and they'd be like, yes, yes, of course. What do you need? But in <laughs> France, I'd go parler vous anglaise and they'd go oui. And I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out of that, you prick. That's just a guy from Dorset. But, you know, it's rough. It's rough over there. Everybody's out for themselves. Um, here's a question. Did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes, for me. The character reactions are what they would be. The story, not so much, but the characters, I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a complicated one, though. Yeah. I'm feeling gracious. I'm going to say yes with caveats. Yeah. Yes, big asterisks. <laughs> I do find it weird that Armin just decides to leave. Like, he clearly does have people who care about him in Springfield. It's a weird moment. But that said, I do really enjoy watching Skinner being a hoodlum. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's what you're saying, Goodman. It's just that economic storytelling, mm. which is too economic in this episode. Yeah, yes. to its detriment this time. Should have been a two-parter. It's weird that I'm coming like, this takeaway from it. It's Yeah, it's two-parter. Oh, there's a lot to explore there, so... But uh, you were talking about before Skinner saying, oh, you're going to see a different Seymour, and Agnes goes, no, we won't. Yeah, We've talked yeah. about this a lot. You know, everyone knows about the flanderization mm-hmm. that he's become a yeah. reduction of the character he once was and yeah. is just basically a vehicle for religious jokes. Mm-hmm. Skinner mm. as well. Like, yeah. we've yeah. said it's That's the Skinnerization it, really. where... Yeah, started off as a, you know, Bart's foil and the absolute authoritarian who then got undermined by Chalmers and his mother, and now it's just he's a mama's boy. And that's all yeah. he is. Mm. That, that, that's such a shame because it was that was the joke was that he was yeah. like the toughest guy on earth in that wonderful episode with the um, the witnessing the waiter. You know, at the beginning of mm. it, witnessing the waiter getting beaten up. At the beginning mm. of it, you know, he's such a badass. You know, this kind of <laughs> yeah. Terminator figure he who just relentlessly pursues. Early on, of uh, no, gentlemen, you've made a mistake. You got an ex Green Beret mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and he he's kicks so the cool. shit out of and Disney then, lawyers. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just funny, therefore, to see him, you know, being just so effortlessly berated by his tiny old mum and by, mm. you know, yeah. Chalmers, an even bigger authoritarian. And then mm. to make that just all he is, just really. Yeah. Yeah. Then the joke is just. <laughs> Isn't it funny that he's so weak? And it's, ugh, yeah. into Adam Sandler territory. Yeah. Uh, we do start very well with that on this episode where he's walking around inspecting the school, like mm. checking the top of the lockers for dust and has the tuning yeah. fork for the bell and making sure the bin yeah. is the exact distance from the wall. I am in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it also sets up the pocket watch in that moment as mm-hmm. well. Uh, it does have oh, yeah, some yeah. eloquent storytelling moments in this. And I will say a a lovely bit of animation at the very end as he goes to say that he's going to be a different Principal Skinner and goes to loosen his tie. In the background, Agnes goes from a neutral face to a frown. Mm. It's a tiny little detail, but I liked it. It is unusual for The Simpsons where usually someone uses the same expression until they need to say something. (laughs) In classic era anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, does it feel like a Simpsons? Uh, Kind of, (laughs) mostly. (laughs) But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Um, I feel like I've gotten everything out of it, but for those key lines, yeah, and uh, again, just to really analyse and think about it. Mm. I'm not sure I would. I honestly don't think I need to. I feel like if I'm ever Mm. in the mood to just watch The Simpsons I really love, I really Mm. don't need to go this far in. I might go a few further. I'm curious, because I noticed, is it the next one? It's Lisa's Sacks. 
that surprised me because I could have sworn that was in better Simpsons seasons. So I'd be curious. But then I started thinking about it. The way it starts off with some sort of weird pastiche of an old American sitcom where they're singing mm. a song at the piano. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. weird. Why do they do that? And that then weird. when that weird guy in the tricycle rides up to hit the... And he goes... <laughs> yeah. dun, 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 dun. And I was like, wow. oh, God, maybe that isn't as good as I remember. So I'm afraid to go back. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It was the next episode. And yeah, we did that with uh, mutual enemy Christopher Bond of Baby Beard Media. Eh. Bond! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we were all surprised that it wasn't as good as we remembered. Like, we mm. gave it a unanimous yeah. silver, so still a great episode. But yeah, yeah mm. there were parts of it where we were like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I don't know if I would wander this far into the dark territories of my childhood again. So I think I'd probably be inclined to let this be the last time I see the principal and the pauper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, I Goodman? wouldn't turn it off if it was on. Well, for the previous episodes we've done, maybe for one of them I said if it was on. But I take that back. I think if this was on, I'd watch it. If the others came on, I'd turn them <laughs> off. Or I'd go and do something. All right. You're grading on yeah. a curve, but you've got to go back <laughs> a curve, rather. You've got to go yeah. back and take a test paper off of a kid you've already given the paper to. I said, actually, <laughs> yeah. and down to that to us. Now I've seen what a real B looks like. You're getting a C. Yeah. You're a dunce. <laughs> dance. <laughs> no, this is one where, yeah, I feel like it's sort of worth the analytical watch. But mm. yeah, unless I'm doing yeah a season nine replay for whatever reason, like yeah, yep. I've probably seen it enough um, for one I lifetime. A hundred percent rewatch solely for Principal Skinner standing out the side of a strip club, going, "Oh yes, oh yes," <laughs> nod suggestively. <laughs> we have six. Count them, six lovely ladies. I did enjoy that. So not good. even wearing a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Oh, wonderful, Uh, awful line delivery. And yeah, good on Harry Shearer, because he does kill it in this episode. Like, Mm -hmm. even though he, as well as Matt Groening, were very publicly against this episode. Like, Mm. Matt Groening even refused to appear on the commentary for this episode. And motherfucker Mm. has done, like, most of the season 15-plus commentaries. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a weird place to draw the line. (laughs) I reject it when people say that Mark Hamill doesn't like The Last Jedi, so I can't logically use that as proof that this is a bad episode. (laughs) (laughs) But what would we like to change about this episode? BT, we'll start with you. Hmm. Make it a two-parter. Let's really, if we're doing this, let's do this. You Mm. know, there's enough to be explored in the Mm. way of of everyone's reactions. They've done two-parters before. They're very rare, but they're out there. There's just so much more to go through here, and especially just build, because my biggest problem here is everyone just kind of seems like a jerk. Like, Agnes just immediately Mm. rejects this guy. It's like, he's been in a forced labor camp for 25 years. Mm. Give him a break. But Mm. then he doesn't really try to make any connection with her, that we see at least. Armin seems to just leave town really, really easily. Edna begs for him to stay, and it's like, oh, dude, come on. Take um, her with you. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. you can have a life. What is she getting out of this place? Fuck it. I do like that he <laughs> views himself as having so little now that he just goes back to being a, a poor thug. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot more I would like to see. So instead of removing it or changing it too drastically, I just want a lot more. In fact, let's spin it off. The Armin Tanzarian happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alternate timeline you want them to cancel Futurama and just focus I on Tanzarian. Not in any timeline do I want them to cancel Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Even this one. <laughs> okay, how many more good seasons of The Simpsons it gets us with keeping Futurama, yeah. goddammit? It's true, it's true. <laughs> how about you, Salt? What would you like to change? Okay, let's keep it going you know let's actually Mm. if we're gonna do this if you're gonna massively shake up continuity let's keep it going why the fuck not we killed off maud so okay first of all most crucially the real seymour skinner make him a funny character they'll make him martin sheen being a stick in the mud and we've gone how long we've been talking 50 minutes we haven't mentioned that it's martin sheen because it's it's nothing 
Because he's a barely a drag of a character. Yeah. He's a drag. He's so not funny. You know, and again, and that's the point, but it's also, yeah, a boring I character some... for the audience is boring. He has one bit, actually, I quite like, and that is, um, you know, are you asking me out? That was, <laughs> yeah, that was my sole bit with Martin Sheen. But make him a funny character, keep him around, and then have principles, uh, have Armin Tanzarian become someone else in this town mm. and just keep him around, still romancing. Maybe he flees town and is dragged back, but you don't want to resolve the ending? Fine, don't resolve the ending. Have mm. whoever this new character is the real Seymour Skinner, stay principal and put Skinner somewhere else. Find another mm. place for him and just, you know, um, Tanzarian, put him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You always end season nine as principal. <laughs> it, yeah, we could, you could bring him back around eventually when people decide they still like this guy. But yeah, if you're going to do something this big and not have it just feel like you ran out of ideas, you've got to have some consequences to it. Yeah. How about you, Goodman? So first off, the other Martin Sheen line that I liked was, well, if a man pretending to be me can do it, logically, the real me could do a much better job. Yeah, ah, good yeah. enough. But yeah, I think be a bit more picky with your jokes. Mm. More jokes doesn't mean better. It doesn't mm. mean it's going to be funnier. Spend more time thinking them through and don't be afraid to kill your darlings, you know, just because you've got a whole bunch of jokes there. Maybe have a look and decide on getting rid of some of them and think about, yeah, just the emotional yeah. side of things and spending a bit more time resolving because we do have the scene where Marge is very harsh to Armin Tamsarian. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost out of character for her. I guess it's, it fits because she's quite conservative, I guess. And yeah, also a stick in the mud. So something mm. like that might really sit badly with her. But, but it is, you know, it's still a scene that gets across to Skinner the sort of the shame that he should mm. be feeling mm. for doing something so terrible. Mm. But yeah, I think it's the balance between jokes and stories is a little bit off. There are some moments there where it just feels like there wasn't a joke. And one of them for mm. me is when Bard is in Principal Skinner's office. And this should again feel kind of big because the power balance has massively changed. Mm. And yeah. it ends with him saying, whoa, 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 easy there, you big imposter. And just yeah. big imposter is so on the nose and not a gag mm. yeah. that it felt conspicuous. Yeah, that was a weird end to what could have been a powerful scene. No, and even though the Simpsons do have ties with Skinner, it did feel like they were just sort of there throughout this whole thing. And talking about what I'd like to change, you know, I forgot who mentioned it before, but it's it's actually kind of weird that it isn't a Barton Lisa mystery episode, you yeah. know? And Lisa mm. is largely, besides the speech at the start, is largely absent from the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would have liked to see a lot more of her involved. And like I was saying, yeah, I think a two-parter would have been necessary. But the other big change is... I would have pushed this to the 200th episode because like, even though wow. Trash of the Titans is, you know, it's a great episode and everything and it's a bit of a spectacle. Mm. Like, I think it would have been an interesting tie-in, especially with the 100th episode being when Skinner got fired, like mm. this being another Skinner-Bart exploration as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, tying in the whole Bart and Lisa mystery as well and them trying to find a way to reconcile the plot. You know what? I did just realize we're sitting here talking about we could have even spun this off into another show. I just realized they did. It was called Mad Men. Because Don Draper is not his oh, real yeah. name. He stole it from an army buddy who oh, died. Oh, God, I've only seen the first seven oh, episodes. Oh, no, I wish I'd seen that. <laughs> it's, it's revealed in the first season. It's fine. Yeah, it's early on. Fine. <laughs> ah, still, yeah. ow. No. Now I might one day consider possibly watching Mad Men, and I won't instead. <laughs> it's on the list. All right, yeah, we are here. We'll start with you, Goodman. Huh? Do you have any other notes before we rank this thing? I must say, in many ways, Springfield really beats the old labor camp. <laughs> that's, that's, that is good. I didn't notice that joke. Yeah, it's halfway through the story. Is that, 
that Martin oh. Sheen. <laughs> it's halfway through the episode. I'm usually asleep. It's that mm, Martin oh. Sheen delivery though, just so dry. Martin Sheen's good. He's not good in this. I thought the delivery was in keeping with the character. I quite liked mm. it. It was he was just he was dull and a disappointment, <laughs> despite everything. How about you, Salt? What uh, some other notes that you have? That's not how I usually ask that. Any other notes? <laughs> I liked it though. <laughs> it was good. I like the repetition. Both times, actually, the delivery of um, I, instead I'm leaving town forever because it's a joke in and of itself. Yeah. The first time he says it, it's um, rather than watch a movie with you, I'm instead I'm leaving town forever yeah. and the repeat. Yeah. A I'd like to marry you, except I'm leaving town yeah. forever. <laughs> Do you know what? Edna's little noise when he says um, yeah. things like that makes me want to marry you. Her little noise was like nice. Like, yeah. I, I like that. It's like, oh shit. Yeah, they actually have yeah. a bit of passion between them still. Yeah, mm. That's good. Later on, that's going to be such the butt of so many jokes is that Edna's dating a ugh. square. And it's just, ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, later on, she dates Nettie. So mm-hmm. there's that to look forward to. Oh, Christ. Um... I won't hear a word of it. Tonight you can sleep on the floor of your office. That was, um, <laughs> I quite yeah. like that. Um, weird delivery is already here. And for me, it was Bart saying, oh, it's one of those stories. Just yeah. felt so isolated mm. from everything around him. And it's it's the beginning of that, feeling like these guys are not in the same room as they record their stuff. That's yeah. the Bart I come to hate in later yeah. seasons. Yeah. And last thing, my last note, is you are planning the cafeteria menu for a school. One day of the week, you are going to serve these kids cake, mm-hmm. and you decide that that day is Thursday. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, what I day would like you put it, it on, Mister Know It All? <laughs> Friday. Friday is cake but day. Friday is already a feel-good day. You want to lift the spirits in the midweek when oh, spirits well, are their lowest. In that case, put it on Wednesday, the worst day of mm. any week. <laughs> Monday would mean too much binging on cake, I think. Yep. Yeah. So Monday, Monday would make Monday even more of a drag than it normally is. It's just, <laughs> oh yeah, cake, and then Monday evening is like, oh fuck, it's not even Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm fat. <laughs> Love it. How about you, BT? Any other notes? Uh, of course I do. Let's just have a look at them now. There's a little bit where Chalmers is sneaking around that actually has some background music. I'm like, ah, oh, see, Simpsons? This is what you used to do. Yeah, that classic little uh, <laughs> string plucky dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm. Fantastic. Without it being overbearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit where Chalmers turns to Skinner and goes, well, Seymour, if that is your real name. Well, obviously it isn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> My dreams didn't involve an aqua suit and a lavender shirt. <laughs> that was how the yeah. good line he got off. I normally don't like them pointing out the obvious mm. character traits, uh, like when they mention yeah. the Simpsons kid's yeah. hair or something. But, but it's it's a good burn for like someone else's fashion. Yeah, well, especially, like, that suit makes no sense in a real-world context. That would look so out there and weird. It's got to be the yellow skin. Fashion Fashion corner. corner. Wink. Uh, I'd like to announce my retirement at the end of this sentence that I'm speaking (laughs) right now. (laughs) Period. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I do like when he's leaving. He's like, oh, I should give you some things. You're part of the Radio Shack Battery Club, Mm. and here's 10 Canadian dollars from your trip to upstate New York. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, where he found out about steamed hams. Ah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, visited Albany. It's very Uh, smart. (laughs) mm. Uh, Not Utica. There's a bit later when the real Seymour Skinner borrows Agnes's keys, and I do like there's a bit of continuity, because in the beginning when he's driving past the school, he's actually in the back of a cab. So I like the idea that they've kept that continuity. Not like continuity matters in this uh, episode, but still. Oh, and she drove Skinner to his um, yeah, exactly. party as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's a so, key aspect um, of his character. 
Ah. He's at Skinner as yep. Carlos. Ooh. Yeah, it really drives his character. Um, <laughs> the bit right at the end, which oh, you. feels a uh, very double-edged sword in the sense of Homer like saying to everyone, look, this guy's the guy we know, and look at this new guy. I don't care about him. Do you care? And I was like, no. And I was like, it's fun for a joke, but it's also like, the show doesn't care. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed Does anybody to feel really that? care about this? Aren't we all here to laugh? Is what yeah. the writers yeah. are saying directly to you. And uh, that is all my notes. Yeah, my only other notes. This is Armin Tanzarian's copy of Swank. Can I have a look at your copy of Swank? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can is what gets it for me. It's just a yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> that really tickles me. And my last note is uh, just a little fun fact. The name Armin Tamzarian was taken from apparently, yeah, the writer just had a claims adjuster and he, that name always stuck with him. And so it's a real name? Yeah. What? And the real Armin Tamzarian is now a California Superior Court judge. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> or oh, is he? <laughs> he must get such shit from, like, Simpsons fans. Crims. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, and apparently he wasn't notified no that his name would be used and he wrote a letter to the yeah. writer and, like, it's not known what the details of that letter were, but yeah, the cause... writer described it as curtly phrased. But a name isn't IP. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah, it can be, though, because I know um, in Fight Club, what's the woman's name in that? Um, Meatloaf. No. No. <laughs> Marla? Mar- Marla. Mar- yeah, Marla, Marla Singer. Singer. Yeah, Marla Singer. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. when they were putting that name together for the movie, they um, checked and there was only one other Marla Singer in the USA and they had to get her permission to use it because she was the only one. So if you say oh, Marla Singer, right. you mean her. And so, Ooh, can you t- yeah. What can you tell me about the character? Ah. I don't know. So I think it, it, might, it might be a thing where <laughs> if there is no one else with that name, then you kind of do have a degree of control over it. So I'm That's weird and not... nonsense. I disagree with that law. It's, it's I don't know. I, it was weird. I, if anyone ever too... calls a character Paul Salt, I'm going to yeah. be fucking all over them. <laughs> Unless they're a hero. I mean, I've, hero king. I may or may not have a, a script where you're a dashing buff hero, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, that's fine. But if they ever try and not represent who I really am, then yeah. I'll be... Then I'll be very upset. <laughs> All right, guys. It is time to rank this thing. And Salt, you can go first. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I gave the other two. <laughs> uh, participant and failure. Okay. Well, that was a bit harsh. Again, we've got to rank it in the context of the others. And I'm going to... Oh, shit. Actually, if I was doing that, I'd have to go at least two over the last one. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, it, it is bronze. I'm going for bronze. This is this is the worst good Simpsons. <laughs> Wow. Any worse than this, and we're into bad Simpsons. This is the worst good, it's fair to say, of most of season uh, nine. That is such a good summary of this. Uh, how about you, Goodman? <laughs> I just, I was thinking bronze, but I'm, it's better than okay for me. So I am going to go for silver. I am going to go for silver because <laughs> it's full of moments that I still love. And there is enough in this for, to make me feel good. There's only a few minutes here and there where I didn't laugh. And started to feel a bit bored. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to go with Silver. I'm going to live live my truth. The last Classic Era episode we reviewed was Secrets of a Successful Marriage. Mm. And like that one bummed me the fuck out at the end. Yeah, yeah that's kind of sad. This one, I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and <laughs> I think this is actually, from a certain point of view, a cubic zirconia in that this is an important episode. It's in iconic, the, yeah. Yeah, in the yeah. history of the show. But having said that, like, I agree with it's a silver for me as well. But yeah, big asterisks and mm. all that. BT, what do you reckon? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very split. I'm right on that Brilva border. Because there are some really funny, iconic moments in this. I think I am going to go with a bronze, though, because ultimately I didn't get as many laughs out of this as I was hoping. I remember this one being a pretty good episode, despite the controversy. Just... Yeah, the storytelling and the overall arc of The Simpsons is is strange that this one was meant to just be, oh, we've re- reset to zero, but up, up, but up, at the end. Yeah. And it just it just rubs me a little bit the wrong way. So uh, mm. there's still some things to check out in this one, still some merit, but uh, overall, bronze. All right. Well, averaging cool. out, this will be a dull silver. It'll be the first dull silver from season nine, but it won't be the lowest rated episode no. of season nine. That on it goes to all singing, all dancing, the, yeah. <laughs> the song clip show. But even then, it's outranking mm. Last Temptation of Crossed, Simpson Tide, Trouble with Trillions, Natural Born Kisses. Like, yeah, sounds right. Lesser yeah. episodes in this season. But, Man, yeah. Trouble yeah. with Trillions, I would have assumed was like season 13. That one really yeah. feels late at later stage to me. Mm. It does. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. There's something about that one in particular that's very much kind of move on so nobody notices that this isn't very good. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> new scenario every, every few minutes. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. On that scale, I feel better about where it's ended up. Yeah, I think it was honestly the right ranking. Like, yeah, mm. the average, I think we nailed it on this one. Go team! Well <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pauls, thank you so, so much for joining us oh again for The Simpsons Index. Thanks for having us. <laughs> it's been, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And, yeah, if people want to hear more of you, the Pauls, where can they do that? Well, they can tune into One Good Thing. We're on, we're on everywhere at this stage. Um, yeah. Elliot doesn't stop talking about us so um, you just need to tune into yeah. the Simpsons Index and you'll hear everything you need to know about us but you can also just find us I turned on my microwave the other day and oh, there, was, there was one good thing <laughs> just right there yeah, it's everyone talking about you um, yeah so we're also on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod yep and yeah that's it we don't do Instagram or anything like that because too sexy that's social, social media makes me paranoid in a sexy way we're on Pornhub <laughs> I don't quite get why, but we are there, so you can check us out there. Someone's uploading us. I think I think that's a Podbean default, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to uncheck the box, the Pornhub box. <laughs> Pornhub got rid of a bunch of their content recently, so yeah, they're just... To make to way for all the podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> that was the only In we slip. People are sick of butts. <laughs> but also, yeah, people can support you on Patreon over at yeah, patreon.com slash... Mm-hmm. OGT Pod. There you go. OGT yeah. Pod. Yeah. And uh, I'm currently enjoying listening to the adventures of Paul Goodman and some other guys on uh, Roll to Cast, the ah. Pulp Cthulhu season. Ah, uh, yes. I'm a Frenchman. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> and BT, if people want to check out more of our stuff. Well, Elliot, now that people can go to www.patreon.com slash SideQuest Studios, which is the catch-all umbrella for all our shows, including Simpsons Index, Thrones of Game, and Pulp Fury Radio. If you want to support us, that is Ooh. where you can do it. Yep, and we'll give you a bonus show every week, Mm -hmm. which is called Except When He's Not, where me and BT are reviewing all the episodes of The Simpsons that BT wasn't there for when we reviewed them on The Simpsons Index proper. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting The Simpsons tied because I have different memories of that to the review. Mm. uh, (laughs) Did you guys get it wrong without me when I wasn't there to get things right? (laughs) Almost certainly. Pay us on Patreon to find (laughs) out. (laughs) I'm going to. You should too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, we better get out of here. But yeah, once again, thank you, Paul Salt. Oh, thank you so much. It was amazing. And thank you, Paul Goodman. The monorail is really... (laughs) 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 Cheers, BT. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the busted in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. 
You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.